is going to happen here? What is this? Talk Brunch. Served hot. Talk Brunch live. Rick Dara here, a.k.a. Captain Brunch. Being joined, as always, by his co-host, Destin Soulblow Frazier. That's like the second or third time since I've been on this show. This fucker just kills my whole job. I was like, I got nothing now. I can't top that. <laughs> like, take out the pop. That's everybody right now. That is uh, a lot of stuff huh. going on. <laughs> the only thing that would have made it better is you had the technology to like crop everybody's faces on that shit. Like, Shane was super surprised, right? He was the most surprised out of everybody. Like, Shane didn't know what to think. He fe- Shane was like everybody this week, you know? When you really look at him. <laughs> like no, Shane Triple H was everybody him. this week. Shane was everybody when they heard the word Saudi Arabia. <laughs> Tonight, we're going to be talking about the return of Mr. McMahon, Vince McMahon, the chairman of the board. We're going to be talking about uh, some departures, some changes within the company, some wild, wild rumors that we're hearing about. Uh, we're, also <laughs> going to, we're going to also be going over uh, the week of wrestling with Raw and SmackDown, Dynamite, and all the goodies as well. Then uh, anything else that might come up. I know it's late, a little bit later than, than uh, we had hoped for, but you know, we are here. Second show of the new year. I really thought that this was going to uh, not be eventful for a while there. <laughs> right. But boy, was I wrong about that. It's, God, in the span of two days, everything's just madness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. I know everybody was losing their minds, and I was afraid to look at first. And then, of course, like little whispers made it to me. We're going to talk about that later on, though, like the main stuff. We're going to try to find just some fluff to open the show with because, you know, that's what we like to do. Not even being dishonest about I'm telling you guys going to be some whatever fluff we could find that uh, <laughs> will buy the early part of the show, you know. Oh, Cora Jade. Here's one. You can start off with super fluff this week. I thought this was supposed to make me happy. No, I'm kidding. Cora Jade is mad. She feels that somebody in AEW is ripping off her style. Did you know that? And she well, nobody her. in AEW botches sentons, so already oh. fake news. She called the person out. Do you know who it is? 
Oh, God, the who? It is sky blue. Really? Really, Cora? Really? Sky blue actually works better. Right. Sky blue doesn't suck. I like what I saw from her in the ring. Sky blue minds her own business and doesn't come for people because of skateboard gimmicks, even though they actually know how to skate, she don't know how to do shit. Like, what the fuck? Like, I mean, I don't think you can blame her for being that size and shape. It's not like she stole. That's the big part of the game. Like, she's wearing a cap or using a skateboard. I do see similarities, but I don't think they were intended. Or, or, or getting her ass whipped with her own weapon. Like, like that's so far from, like, that. that's worse than when Kira Hogan said Sasha Banks was biting her hairstyle. Because at least they have like the same, they have the same colored hair at one point. This, I, I, what, 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 what did she steal, core? The fact that you both have long hair and eyes? Like, what? <laughs> she put up a meme. It was a, believe it or not, it was a Grey's Anatomy meme. I forget the name of the character, but it was uh, the Asian female doctor at one point saying something like, everybody's trying to be like me or something like that. She put that meme up sort of implying that uh, Sky Blue was like her. No. No. What, what is up with Cora J's new gimmick being she just comes for people who are better than her? First Darby, now this? I see it. I just don't think it was deliberate. Like, at that point, she's just reaching for straws. Like, Yeah, she's grasping at straws a little bit there. I don't think that they the just fuck? decided to what invent the Cora Jade. Like, let me guess, Athena's stealing your gimmick of being a heel, right? Like, no. <laughs> like holy crap. Yeah. Like, bitch, I'm going to need you to worry about not sucking and who's not stealing your shit or what. Like, come on, that dude. Well, she's gotten better. I mean, a little. <laughs> I don't mind her anymore. Like, I tolerate her existence. That's about it. Where Sky Blue, I actually enjoy to see her work and improve. Like I said, I don't really mind her. It's just some of the asinine things she says after that. It's like, what? Sky Blue's doing my style. Not really. Y'all just look kind of similar. <laughs> That's about it. Yeah, well, anyway, there you go. There's some fluff to start. <laughs> <laughs> Brian Danielson was on uh, the sessions with Renee. I hate the fact that she took out oral sessions. Like, what was that? Peer pressure into making it less of a inside joke? Is that, that wasn't that bad of a Because she knows wrestling marks are evil people, and now she's not in WWE. They're going to be way worse. But it was it was a joke. It was a good joke. Yeah, anyway. you know how marks are. Anyway, Brian Danielson was on, and he talked about his time on Talking Smack. I thought this was kind of funny. Oh, <laughs> it should be good. Talking Smack, and I get asked about Talking Smack all the time. It was one of those like moments in my career where I was like, oh my God, this is the thing that I love doing. We weren't scripted, Wild West. We just got to like fuck around. Sorry, we got to mess around. Did you? Can we say? We can swear here, yeah? 
No. Come on. No, a little I've bit? got kids. They're not going to listen. They might fucking listen to this thing. It's just going to be. What is your memory of doing Talking Smack? Okay. So it was a little bit of a nightmare for me. I um, so I enjoyed it in the sense of sometimes I was trying to get fired. Yes. I could feel so, that. Like bringing up fisting yeah. on uh, on on talking smack. I was the trying hog. To, the hog. Oh god, I forgot about the hog. Doing a whole bit for weeks on end and when they told me after I'd done it the first time, please don't call James don't talk about James Ellsworth having a huge hog. <laughs> uh, and I would just bring it up constantly because I was so frustrated at not being cleared to wrestle that I was just I was ready to go and also sometimes they would bring me to TV just to do talking smack it was a hit television show of course they did <laughs> it wasn't so hit that they kept it going so yeah I mean so, it lives yeah. on now not to what we were doing but it does still kind of exist to a degree what do you mean it's, it's still a show we're talking just not smack on is it. a show it is right no. I think they have is. something. Nah. Smack talk. They have smack talk. Or something. You and I were doing. They don't have now your version. Polished in a studio show. They have generic we were, stuff. Like, we had like yeah. no backdrop. We had like Nobody's, Rhino was coming in dressed as Santa Claus and shit. Like we. Nobody's accusing AJ Styles of being a flat earther. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> Yo, I never even heard of that until that happened. I was like, what are they talking about? Sure that's where it got Kai Remember Ball. that? Oh, okay. Okay. I've heard of it, but I just didn't know AJ was one of them. Time in your career, where I was like, "Well, I'm reaping the benefits of working with." That was a great show. I loved it. It's a really special place when you like don't give a shit, and you can just have fun. You don't really care what the repercussions are going to be. So I was loving that, but I know for you, it was like definitely a weird part in your career where I was like, "What's happening?" Yeah, yeah. So uh, there were parts of it that I really enjoyed that really made me laugh. We had one episode. It was really, really great. Alexa Bliss is on. Do you remember this? Happened. So Alexa Bliss is on. Maybe she had just lost a championship or something like that. I don't remember exactly the thing. But I had said something to her. And then she's also like, and the Patriots just lost the Super Bowl. And, but this was on a Tuesday. The Super Bowl was Sunday. That's when they had that great comeback in the <laughs> fourth quarter. And, I do and remember it, they this. had, a, there was a writer in the back saying, it, it, See something about the Patriots. And so and she didn't know what was going on, so she said, and the Patriots lost. I was like, well, great news. <laughs> I'm sure you've missed it, but the Patriots actually won. <laughs> they came back. And she was just so like, ah. Uh. I, I well, that know. was like that was a very funny the moment Miz on that won, show. The Miz won. I mean, the Miz won. Oh, the Miz didn't like that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. He yeah, was yeah. pissed off, um, man. I mean, well, we don't need to like harp on this, but what is like your recollection of that show in that moment when that was all going down with you and Mike? So, I was shitting my pants. Yeah, because <laughs> well, part of me like doesn't want to let the cat out of the bag. Sure. But part of me loves the story. <laughs> Tell the story. Tell the story. Tell the story. 
I think I think I think Mike may may have told the story already, so maybe the cat's already out of the bag. The cat left the bag and is in the alley. Let's okay. get to it. So Miz was very frustrated. He was intercontinental champion and wasn't being on TV much. I was very frustrated that they weren't clearing me to wrestle despite numerous doctors having cleared me to wrestle. And and you know, I understand why, but that's a long story anyway. So just oh, getting we'll get to the to point of, of my frustration. And then so uh, so we came up with this thing, and the original plan that Mike and I had come up with was I was going to fucking deck him. No. Like the, that uh, we wanted to get under each other's skin so much that it was plausible that I would legit be angry enough to punch him. And so that was the intent. And then I was going to punch him, and then we thought, and the idea was either they're going to fire me or it's going to make people want to see the match so much yeah. that they're going to have to clear me to wrestle. But then Mike did such a great job, intuitively I felt it was better to walk off. Interesting. <laughs> and, and leave him because wow. it was also like, God, this is so good. Leave him with his heat. Right. And it was like he was like in tears. Yo, imagine if he would have punched him on live television right there. He was magic. Those dudes are crazy. Legitimately, and so. Did you just get goosebumps thinking about it? I might just be cold. Okay. But maybe I don't know. But but Mike is also somebody that I respect a lot for working very very hard. Sure. And so, like when he was just going off and i was like this is so good It'd be so good if i punched him <laughs> but maybe it would resonate more and be better for him if I walked. right and so yeah so that's that's what happened so uh so yeah and then everybody including maurice was like what is going on yes. why are why is this happening? Remember they cut to me. I'm like, and we're going to take a quick commercial break. Uh, not really sure what's happening here. So, yeah. so if you had actually decked wow. me, I might have blacked out because it was so tense oh. sitting between the two of you. And I'm like, oh, something bad's happening here. <laughs> you physically attacked him. Yeah, I would have passed out on the desk. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. I guess <laughs> That would have been glorious. I might have gotten fired. It would have been... I don't know. There would have been pluses and minuses. Well, the show got canceled, and you don't work there anymore anyway. So. Yeah. The show got canceled. Renee blacked out. That's brilliant. <laughs> That's absolutely brilliant. I'm kind of bad at punching now. Oh, my God. That is what crazy. Oh, good times. To think they were gonna do a work shoot. I'm glad he's he decided not to at the last minute. That would have been a last episode for sake, sure. Right? <laughs> oh yeah, I love that she wasn't in on it too. So she said I would have blacked out. <laughs> yeah, like, but still to this day, I think I hold the AJ Styles thing. I hold that holds a special place in my memories. Yeah, that one was calm though. Like the Miz did seem like he was losing his mind. Yeah, he looked like he looked like he shoot just said fuck the script, like we're going. Yeah, that's what made that one a little bit more uh, offsetting. It was like, wait a minute. Like, if you would have okay, hit him, sir? it would have. We would have never known. Like, like from the way it looked, it looked like a shoot. 
Yeah, it looked like he genuinely just had to walk away. When done by the proper person, it works. And I feel like in cases like that, the Miz is the perfect person for the job just because, like, if you look at his history and where he came from, it's understandable that somebody who's worked that hard is pissed off that they're not getting used. You see what I mean, though? That goes back to what I was talking about when, like, when Stone Cold and all these old timers will say stuff like, you got to pick your, you know, you got to, like, take it and you got to pick your mark. And it's true, but it isn't because you want to pick a spot. And God willing, it works because if you disobey somebody and it doesn't, you're screwed. But you also want to pick a spot where you're in the spotlight when you do it. Like, notice how, like, Punk did it, like, at the top of the ramp on a Monday Night Raw. They did it after SmackDown on Talking Smack. And then Dolph Ziggler does it on the on the app. You know? Like, come on, I forgot he did it on the app. Like, it's not just, it's like... <laughs> It's not just that they don't push him. It's that he's done a horrible job of pushing him, too. You don't remember he did one on the app? <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, he did a pipe bomb on the app. It's like he was when everybody when, when pipe bombs became the thing, he did his own. And it was like, nobody watches the app. <laughs> the only thing I remember where I saw where I felt like Dolph put shoot emotion when I think he was feuding with Miz and he talked about that. Like he did, he got that promo where he talked about how sometimes the things that you love don't love you back. And I was like, that's the closest I've ever heard. But I'm sitting there like pipe bomb on the app. Like what? Hold on, I'll bring it up on my on my Lex over here. Oh Give God. It's funny because when you do that, I hear the ping, but I don't hear you talk. And I heard the ping for a register. Well, the oh, I turned off my I turned off my mic. Oh, I know. It's just so funny when I hear the cling, and I'm waiting here. Like, what do you say? What do you say? Oh, nothing. Cling. <laughs> All right, I found it on the two oh, views. <laughs> you see, and and the thing is, and I I was critical when this first happened. I believe it was on this show as well. Uh, the thing is, like, when Miz isn't, like, one of the higher-tier intimidating wrestlers, but he seemed scary there. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, Renee said, I would have passed out if there was a punch thrown. It seemed yeah, like he, he looked Yeah, he looked like the whole facade just came down. It was genuinely Mike Messiah just pissed off. Like, And maybe it's just me, but you could tell Ziggler was like, no, nah, I'm going to do a pipe bomb, because like, everybody's doing pipe bombs during this time in WWE. And it just felt like... <laughs> it's trending. I'm <laughs> His to me came off more whiny. Let me see what you think. Bye backstage here at SmackDown in Toledo, Ohio with Dolph Ziggler. Dolph, uh, unfortunately, he came up on the short end of the stick against Antonio Cesaro in that Elimination Chamber qualifying match. Uh, how do you feel? I'm uh, not exactly sure how I feel. I've, um, my entire life, literally since I was five years old, I've done things that other people not only can't hang with me, they, they just can't do. I've been a winner. I, five years old, I started wrestling. I lost my first match, and I pretty much won ever since that. High school, college, you name it. And it's not just the, the athletic ability that I have. I have this thing known as the it factor, where you can strike up a conversation with anyone. You can step into something that's not your comfort zone. You can go on a media circus for 12 hours and you can still go to work on no sleep and go out there to the ring and 
do what you do better than anyone else in this business. And I know it sounds like I say it a lot because I do it every single night. I swear, every night, every night, I deliver. I deliver. And, and what do I get for it? I get pulled aside and say, hey, don't be so good. Hey, you're not doing this right. You're doing this wrong. But you know what? I've seen Monday Night Raw. I've seen Friday Night SmackDown. I know what's right and what's wrong. And if everyone is in my head telling me what's wrong, I know that I am right. Everything I do is to become better, the best ever. And I'm not going to stop until I reach that point. And I don't know if I can continue doing this been told I'm a loser. I've been told I suck. I've been told I'm not tall enough. I've been told I'm too loud. I've been told I run my mouth backstage. You know why I run my mouth? Because if you can get in the ring with me, one person backstage, one person in the office, in the mailroom, a superstar, you name it, one person outdoes me in this business in any aspect, in the back, in the ring, at my house. I don't care. I will not be outshined. Yeah, See, that just sounded like a promo. <laughs> you think so? I sense no, I sense no level of unhinged. It just sounded like a slightly louder Dolph Ziggler promo. I mean, I could tell that was him giving it his all. That's about as good as it's gonna get, man. <laughs> Where it's like I'm looking at Miz and like, especially towards the end, like when he starts saying like, "This is my show, my show." You can have you have the sense of him trying to reel himself back in. What's up, Quest? We were just showing off his pipe bomb. Yeah, he had a pipe bomb. On the app. <laughs> yeah, but instead of doing it on the Talking Smack like Miz or on Raw, he did it on the app. Like, what the so fuck? Not, so not a lot of people knew about it. I remember seeing it because I was that much of a dork. I had my thing wired to put the app on my TV when they went to the <laughs> so, so it wasn't the app. It was just a three-hour Raw. <laughs> you know, like when they said second screen, it was my first screen. But yeah, there's the there's the Ziggler, Ziggy's pipe bomb. Oh my god. But yeah, it didn't come off as intense. I know they were trying there, but uh getting back to what Renee was saying about Brian Danielson and the Miz, that that would have shocked everyone cuz it felt like somebody was going to get hit cuz of the way that they did it. Yeah. The words were, were were like had a lot of power to them. That's one of my favorite Miz Miz uh, promos, just because you it, like I said, you sell you felt the sense that at a certain point he lost it and then was trying to rein himself back in near the end. Mm-hmm. Whereas like like I said, Ziggler just sounded like somebody told him, "Hey, be a little bit louder on this one." Miz pipe bomb. Let's see if it comes up. Oh, it definitely didn't. Alex didn't understand me at all. As a matter of fact, I better get out of there. It brought me somewhere. <laughs> uh, <laughs> See, what worries me more is hearing Stasis with that sinister ass giggle in the background. <laughs> I'm glad I, I heard Stasis go, <laughs> I mean, think about it. I'm saying, like, the word. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> Motherfucker, you went to the danger zone. You better. <laughs> By the look at the thumbnails, I was like, "Hold on, we don't. We're not going to that side of the the, the globe yet. We're not going to that part of YouTube. No, 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 no. 
We will not. Saying. We will not name this episode full on Koi this week. You're the one that called me a coward in the wrestling ring. I'm the coward in the wrestling ring. Yeah. But let's talk about cowards for one second. Okay. The reason I wrestle the way I wrestle is because I can do it day in and day out all the time for 10 plus years. I have never, never in my career ever have been injured. I don't get injured for six months to a year. I am here each and every week. But you sit there and call me a coward? Yeah. I'm the coward. Wait, let me tell you about a coward. Let me tell you about a guy who tells his WWE fans, the people that he loves, that he will be back. He promises them. I promise you, I will be back in one year's time to claim this title. But you didn't, Daniel, did you? But I'm the coward. Okay, I'm the one that they, doesn't love if the they, fans. If they would let me come back, I would come back. Oh, they, they, you, you would? Yeah. You, you would. You, you love that WWE ring. You love be wrestling. You love being right in that wrestling ring. And you you love wrestling, right? Well, why don't you quit? Why don't you quit and go to the bingo halls with your indie okay, friends? Okay, I think you need to huh? calm. No, that's not, no, what, this, that's this. not what this show's Me about. The GM have this. Thank you very much, Renee. This is a great show, but we're talking here. I need to talk to you real quick because the fact is you're the one that calls me the coward, but you're the one that doesn't get in the WWE ring again. No, don't you walk away from me, Daniel. Don't you walk away. I'm the one that loves the fans. I'm the one that loves everyone and everything. You're the one that gets up and walks away every single time you're the coward i am not a coward i am your intercontinental champion this is my show my show and i'm sick of all of you my gm sitting there criticizing me calling me the coward you're the cowards i'm the one here day in and day out in that wrestling ring beating people up thank you very much Yeah, that's pretty wild, knowing now that they were planning for him to shoot punch him in the face during that. See, now that sounds like a man who's pissed off. <laughs> Not somebody just said, be loud, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> Quest, that's the real world, miss. <laughs> that's beyond real world, miss. That motherfucker was Woodstock 99 pissed. Don't fuck it, he made it to day three and the toilet stopped working. That man was enraged, all right? <laughs> AJ Lee pipe bomb was another good one. Oh, that one was that one was vicious. That's what <laughs> Just because she buried everybody. Like it was, like a, was like a finishing blow. Like <laughs> he's like motherfucker, no matter what you do, none of you will come back from this. Interchangeable, 
expendable, useless women. Women who have turned to reality television because they just weren't gifted enough to be actresses. And they just weren't talented enough to be champions. your Divas division, I have shattered glass ceilings, I have broken down doors. Why? So, so a bunch of ungrateful, stiff, plastic mannequins can waltz on through without even as much as a thank you? You just You guys can't even go backstage and shake my hand and look him in the eye because you know that I worked my entire life to get here. I gave my life to this, and you were just handed 15 minutes of fame. I didn't get here because I was cute, or because I came from some famous wrestling family, or because I sucked up to the right people. because I am good. I earned this championship. And no matter, no matter how many red carpets you guys want to walk in your $4,000 ridiculous heels, you will never be able to lace up my Chuck Taylors. That's such a burn. <laughs> right. You are all worthless excuses for women. And you will never be able to touch me. And that is reality. <laughs> and we call that a squad wipe. <laughs> you know, it, Looking back on that after all these years, you know what makes me laugh more than anything else about that whole promo? What's that? The fact that you got Cameron and Eve Marie there talking like they worth anything compared to the other four. And they didn't know what she was going to say. That was one of those situations where Vince just gave her permission to just say stuff. Like, no one like else. Just go. <laughs> no one else out there knew what was going to happen. <laughs> Inquest like me, all you hear, all you hear is freaking Dicky say it to our faces. Yeah, Dicky was hot, but see that you know that was a lot more Brie. If you go back and listen, there was both of them, but it was a lot of Brie trying to get loud with it. You know, Brie loud ass. <laughs> yeah, but trying to see if there was. I like this one. Since we're doing a pipe bomb segment and an impromptu pipe bomb segment, this might be my favorite pipe bomb of all time. Oh God, see which one this is. I'm looking for an ideal version of it. You gotta get the good stuff. You do. Okay, this is a Paul Heyman's pipe bomb. Oh, God. You see, at Survivor Series, it means so much more 
than just the personalities that are involved. It's about ending what Vince McMahon has tried to accomplish. I sat there at that desk on Monday and I listened to Mick Foley. And I agreed with everything that Mick Foley had to say that the WWF truly does suck. Don't boo me. Have you watched the television show lately? Vince McMahon has lost his mind. The man doesn't have it anymore. He's a has-been. His ideas are antiquated. His concepts are draconian. And Mick Foley was right. Because the WWF is imploding from within. Like every great empire, the WWF is imploding from within. Vince's loyal employees, like Stone Cold, left him. Like Mick Foley, want nothing to do with him. Vince's own children want him to burn in hell. And I don't blame Vince McMahon will see the WWF die this Sunday at Survivor Series. And he has no hope to save his precious company. Vince McMahon has the same chances of saving the WWF as he did of realizing his dream of starting a football league. Oh. Here we go. Yeah, let's skip that whole walk to the ring. We know how long Vince takes. I love how the XFL was the call out. Like, I. <laughs> this is where it gets really great. <laughs> Probably Paul's best stuff ever. Because you notice how he felt. You to know that I was down on my knees because I know that you're used to men kissing your ass, Vinny. Every time you walk in the back, there, there's Patterson and Briscoe. Oh, what a great idea you had, Vince. You like men kissing your ass, don't you, Vince? Huh? Because that's what you're all about a billionaire. The billionaire Vince McMahon, the creator of sports entertainment. I've waited so long to see you face to face like this. And I've waited so long to tell you to your face that I hate your stinking guts. But it's not just me. It's your children that hate your stinking guts, Vince. And at Survivor Series, your children are going to do to you what I have waited my whole life to see somebody do to you, Vince. You are, so help me God, the most disgusting, vile son of a I've ever seen in my life. You took Hulk Hogan's blood and you built Titan Towers. You stole Bret Hart's dream and with that money, bought yourself an airplane with WWF all over it. You did that, and you know it, you son of a You stole 
Michael, Shawn Michaels smile, took your company public, and made yourself a billionaire. But not a self-made billionaire like you like to tell everybody you are. Oh, no. See, you're a billionaire on other people's hard work. Your father, your father, Vince McMahon, your father went around the country and shook the hand of every, you know I'm telling the truth, don't you? You know in your heart I'm telling you the truth that your father shook the hand of every promoter in this country and swore to them that he'd never compete against them, that his son would never compete against them. And when your father died, you competed. And with your ruthless, merciless, take no prisoners attitude, you drove everybody out of business, didn't you, Vince? You ran all the competition to the ground and you stole all their ideas and you made yourself a billionaire out of it. And you know whose ideas you stole the most, Vince? You stole mine. See, I don't give a damn about Don Owen and Sam Muchnick and Jim Crockett. I, I care about what you did to me and my family. How you stole my dreams. How you stole my legacy. How you stole everything that ECW represented. Because while Doink the Clown had a, a green hair and a rubber nose, Stone Cold Steve Austin was drinking his first beer in ECW, damn you. While Bobby Heenan and Gene Oakland were dancing around singing Tootie Fruity, ECW was producing the edgy TV that you named Attitude. Oh, we got Attitude. You got nothing, man. What you got is my ideas, and you stole my life, my money, my legacy. Screw you. Screw you and your family. I'll tell you something. Your own children hate your guts. And on Sunday, your children are going to get even with you for everything that you stole from me, for everything that you stole from them. You flaunt your affairs in front of your wife. You flaunt your affairs in Playboy for your children to read. You Look at Taz. Look at Taz. This man was a killer. He was a machine. He was a wrestler. A great wrestler, a real man. But wrestling's a dirty word to you, isn't it, Vince? Your father built a wrestling company. And you, you, you had to have sports entertainment. We had to have sports entertainment. Ha, ha, ha. He was a wrestler. He was a great wrestler. He was a man. And now he's a fat, little, obnoxious, colored commentator. And not even a good one. He is a sports entertainer. He is not a wrestler, because you made wrestling a dirty word. You made wrestling a dirty word, Vince. What kind of man are you? What kind of a man takes, takes wrestling and makes it sports entertainment? At Survival Series, you're going down. You're going down, Vince. I promise you, you're going down and I'm gonna watch it, and your children are gonna lift their leg 
standing over your grave and we're gonna laugh. And you know what else? I love the Taz comments. That's so fucked up. A short, fat, obnoxious color commentator, and not even a good it's one. Not even a good one. <laughs> I love how babyface Vince is always the opposite of, of the evil Vince. He's so calm no matter what. Paul Heyman, you are the epitome of the Alliance because this Sunday at Survivor Series, the Alliance will choke. Poor Taz. <laughs> poor man. Poor, poor Taz. But yeah, pipe bombs, man. Ooh, that one was fun. Yeah, Heyman was great. That's why I kind of got annoyed with Paul Heyman Brock Lesnar combination, just because it was like really dry. It was like it just felt like the same exact thing for a guy who always had so, so many different promos and stuff. It was just like the whole introducing Brock Lesnar thing made me want to pound my head into a wall. I was like, why are you doing this? You're like a Paul Heyman robot now. But yeah, that's crazy to think that Brian Danielson was willing to get fired. He was going to shoot. I wonder if they would have kept that secret forever, right? Who knows what other kind of stuff like that happens in wrestling that we don't hear about. Right. Insane. Anyway... It pains me to say this, but we're going to have to talk about wrestling. <laughs> How funny is that, right? <laughs> All right, so what should we do here? Where are we going first? Are we going with WWE? Or are we going with AEW? Uh, let's mix it up. Let's start with AEW. All right, we'll start with AEW. We're going to start with Rampage, episode 75, which... Came to us from Portland, Oregon, the Veterans Memorial Coliseum. And like every other rampage, it starts right away. Hardly no intro. So everybody's <laughs> just killing each other and fucking. I mean, at least up. we got part of Moxley's entrance this time. We, we got wild thing once. <laughs> rampage is the one show, one the one wrestling show that doesn't have time for itself. You know? It's like we gotta go. Let's get the fuck out of here. It starts late. Like, like, look, just make it two hours. Make it two hours and and pepper in your intros and stuff. They're like, we gotta go. Oh god. But yeah, of course we had a uh, top flight. Um, Dante and Demetri Martin for his black pool combat clubs. Brian Danielson and John Moxley. Mm-hmm. And those kids are good, you know. But damn, are they outmatched here? Like they're, they're fighting Blackpool. This guy just got back and he's fighting Blackpool combat people. And motherfuckers like, I survived a car crash. I can deal with this. Yeah, I don't know about that. Still a good match, though, you know? Glass. Oh, yeah, they hung in there. They <laughs> That's what I like about it. Is like, even in the losing effort, like, they still made them look good. Like. Yeah, very solid stuff. Of course, like I mentioned, we were chit-chatting backstage. Uh, I've been listening to uh, Moxley's book on uh, Audible. Yeah, it's a very good read. 
Or yeah. listen, if you do the ebooks. Yeah, I might have to do that. Or just get the book, one or the other. But yeah, I'm interested to hear yeah. about it. What's Moxley's book called again? Uh, uh, Mox. Right, right. Yeah, and actually what's really cool about it is um, he mentioned on Talk of Jericho, when he wrote it, he wrote it basically in the way he spoke. Uh, when I have it on Audible, Moxley's narrating it. So I'm literally just listening to Moxley tell stories. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Bucyco oh, yeah. Neal. I, um, I don't like that he's kicking out of Bucyco Neal. Come on. Or I, I guess this guy broke the... the pin. Yeah, he left him alone. Shouldn't have done that. And that's the end of him. Regal stretch. Lose the cap, Bennett. <laughs> he doesn't have hair. That's all he's got left. Not to care what they said anymore. This is a story about how John Moxley, after three and a half years, finally got his ass handed to him. And if you can't, I will do my damnedest to make sure that you do. Watch it in your dirty basement. You and the rest of the Blackpool Combat Club get horny watching MMA. In. Mox, I'll see you at the four. Hangman versus Moxley. Tag team match, Britt Baker DMD and Jamie Hayter being accompanied by Rebel against the Renegade Twins, Charlotte and Robin Renegade. Did they steal something from Corey J? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Who the hell are they? I've never seen these two before. <laughs> They're probably from one of those other shows, right? Elevation, Darkness or something. But I feel like, I, I feel like I've heard that name, though, Renegade Twins. Like, Maybe they were part of one of those Impact. Remember TNA used to have those shows? Yeah, the one night only. And they had like knockdown, like knockhouse knockdown. They were just like, those girls you've no, never no, seen no, before. No, 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 They had like a show to become like a wrestler. That's where they got spud from. Didn't they have twins on there? Oh, yeah. British boot camp. What were those twins called? Were those the Renegade twins or are those different twins I'm thinking of? Those were some other twins, right? Yeah. How many twins are there? Let me, let me, I'll, I'll see if I can take a look. Probably not them because they were British. Let's start with these girls aren't British. Actually, yeah, because there was a pair of blonde twins on that. I once knew a man because he didn't trust the world. I did not reply to him. Did everything through the lens of violence. Now, see, there's a hidden history between you and me, Eddie Kingston. This is not the Eddie Kingston that I know and love. We said we would turn your eyes black. You kept us waiting. We're here to help you. Speaking in riddles and enigmas. Ooh. I thought Preston Vance got a new name. Did they change their mind already? I think it's like he's like if anybody still calls him Preston Vance, I think it'd be like he's been correcting them. Yeah, but commentary is calling him Preston fans the graphic and everything and who the hell Sonico he's a new luchador I guess huh? oh he's now he's dead look at that already unmasked on his first night oh yeah I think that's his new bit like since he um since he removed his mask now he's just gonna start ripping the mask off luchadors and shit it's not like we have that many masked people I am so Happy. And I don't have an entitlement issue, but that's why I like you. Because you like to issue open challenges. How about another open challenge? Rampage, huh? Is that what you want? It's a Friday night rampage. If you want some. <laughs> you pie face him with the belt. That's, that's awesome. fucked up. <laughs> Darby Allen, you took a savage beating Wednesday. But you're going to face Mike Bennett from the kingdom tonight? 
Everyone already assumes they know who Darby Allen really is. Mr. Death Defying, Mr. Darkness. You're gonna meet who I really am, Mike Bennett. You can't even lace my boots. Well, look at me and look at them now. I have nothing else to say, so Mark, hit your line. Look like there's been enough talk. It's time for the main event. The main event. <laughs> I, love I love when other people give Mark the cue. <laughs> yeah, they know it's coming. AWTNT <laughs> title match. Darby Allen defending against Mike Bennett being accompanied by Maria Canellis, Bennett, and Matt Taven. I'm glad these guys are around, man. I'm, I'm happy that... uh. I can't help but think about... It's good about, to have him back, right? I can't help but I can't watch my memory of that whole... It's the greatest love of all. Remember that shit they gave them when they were in WWE? And everybody no, thought I, it was I, like... I gt that shit the second they left. Everybody was like, give it a chance. I said, it, it seems like they hired them to troll them. Nothing else happened with that. <laughs> what, once Maria won the 24-7 title while pregnant, I GT'd everything of that existence. It's the greatest... <laughs> I know you know. You know what I love about this spot right here? The fact that if you get it wrong, you'll probably die. You know, do you see how come he's able to do that? <laughs> the because when you drop kick your opponent, that slows down the momentum that you would have if you just dead hit the ground. You yeah, see what I mean. So that it's actually not made it safer for for Darby. Right, because the bump he's taking is no longer from the top. Instead. It's the it's the distance from the chest down, which really isn't that big. Two bumps is what it really is. But what's scary is that if he was to God forbid miss that drop kick or something go wrong, then it really is just a dive off of the thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. This is the stuff that. Because like when you does. look at it, like Dar Darby's almost sliding across the floor when he hits. Yeah, like a lot He's of his stuff down has down that like trick a very, to it. Like hollow angle. A lot of his stuff has momentum tricks to it, where so long as it hits, it's perfectly safe. But it's what if it doesn't? But I do like that spot either way. Yeah, he's too much of a gentleman. That'd be great if on Rampage, Darby loses the title. To a pile driver from Mike Manganellis. But that's not where we're going here. And no, the Battle of the Belts is not next for us. We will not be doing a Battle <laughs> of the Belts. Off. I didn't watch Battle of the Belts. I'm going to go ahead and take a wild guess without any results in front of me and say that none of the belts changed hands, did they? Nope. Yeah, didn't think so. Battle of the Belts doesn't do anything. I feels like non-canon. I was able to watch Dynamite, and everyone still had their belts. So no matter how many times we have a special Battle of the Belts on a Saturday, the belts never change. That would only ever matter if on the first Battle of the Belts, a title changed and it made people go, oh, wow, it's called Battle of the Belts because this is a place where you might lose titles. If you always keep your title, then it's not Battle of the Belts. That being said, Rampage did 551,000 viewers with a point fifteen in the 18 to 49 demographic. Battle of the Belts did 409,000 viewers, which is up from where they usually are. Because they used to have 317,000 at the last one. I don't think these things should happen at all. The first Battle of the Bells had 704,000 viewers. That's because people probably did think, since it was called Battle of the Bells, that this was going to be <laughs> some sort of canological <laughs> thing. Some shit was going to go down, and then it didn't. The numbers kind of dropped, and then they rose for this one just a little bit from 317 to 409. But I think that's it. They did a point eleven in the 18 to 49 demographic. Nobody gives a shit about this. I hate to bury it, but I mean, come on. Do they really need a battle of the belts? 
Of course they do. They have everything else on the fucking sun. Like there's enough there's enough of them to go around. <laughs> like enough already, guys. While we're talking uh rampage though, I don't know when this will be, but Max Caster actually completely botches his rap here. Oh. <laughs> he blew it. Yeah, he choked. You're right. Now he got have a whole right. backstory where he moves back to his mom's trailer and That's he gets beat up oh, by a bunch I, of white guys instead of black. I hate you. I was just about to make a mom's spaghetti <laughs> reference. I was literally I was I was literally just about to say he's getting ready, mom's spaghetti, and you fucking took it. <laughs> he gotta go back to he gotta go back to move with his mom and find her fucking his fucking her the boyfriend who he hates. Like this is gonna be terrible. Palms are sweating. <laughs> mom's spaghetti, New Year's confetti. Oh my god! He wasn't ready. <laughs> anyway, then he comes on. I guess he fixes it in this. Sold out for blood money. I don't get that <laughs> reference. That was fake news, sir. Yeah, who sold out for King blood Quest money? Ain't, King Quest ain't shit. King Quest says partners to shoot himself in the leg. Oh my god. <laughs> you ain't shit. You. I, I see. I, I feel like that would have to be Billy, just because Billy's a de facto white guy in that group. So. Oh man, unbelievable. He's laying on his couch with a blanket cover him and call him be like, we're gonna call you MC ass. <laughs> so I'm sure this has been discussed before in the past. It's been something I've always known. But years ago, TMZ did a story on to- Tony Atlas and him having a fetish. Oh no, um, I think I've seen this video. Oh with- god. And it was basically a, a foot fetish video, right? Oh, God. I think it was. And he basically oh, said, no. according to TMZ, that he paid a woman $100 to smash his face. So, man, y'all out there want to get paid. <laughs> Isn't that weird? Don't you know? Go in there and kick the shit out of Tony Atlas. I don't want to kink shame or nothing, but anyway. I'll just run the video here. This is a current video. Twenty, Welcome to 2023. Oh, 
the motherfucker did <laughs> Yo, that first step, first foot shot was strong as fuck, man. Happy New Year. Yo. <laughs> Yo, what the fuck just happened? Oh my god. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> I look like you haven't said a word. It's the fuck. Like I don't even know where to begin. I don't even know where to begin, but I don't know what to say. I don't even know how to process this one. Oh my god. Who is that? I don't know. <laughs> Does he even know who that is? Oh my god. Yo, she beat the fuck out of him, bro. She just... <laughs> I love how it's like sustained strikes, too. Like it's just... Is it like Craigslist stuff going on here? Does he know her? It's gotta be. Like, there's parts of the Facebook marketplace you should just avoid. Oh my god. That was way funnier than I feel like that should have been. Like, Yeah, it was. <laughs> I don't even know how to feel anymore. What the fuck is going on? I... You seen this video, but you didn't know that was Tony Atlas. Oh, <laughs> happy <Surprise>. New Year! <laughs> <laughs> Quick, somebody send this to Mark Henry. Be like, look what happened. Man. I'm so mad that he ended that shit with Happy New Year. Yeah, I don't know what is going on. No, motherfucker. Oh, God. Is this what he posted? He put hashtag old school can give it and they can take it. Hashtag talk. (laughs) Hashtag old. Hashtag man. Hashtag stomp. Hashtag kit. Hashtag punch, it's all in the mind and making me feel fine. That motherfucker said, It's all in the mind and making me feel fine. (laughs) I don't know what's happening, man. (laughs) That is, uh, that is more than I, I, you know, I still hear the strikes in my head. Like, I just hear this nonstop. Those are brutal. So, um, the Jacksonville Jaguars defeated the Tennessee Titans 
in order to win the AFC South. Oh no. <laughs> and uh James Ellsworth tweeted something rather interesting. What the hell? Because we never really think about this, but he says if the Jaguars win the Super Bowl, does WWE send them a belt? <laughs> right. You know, I, I need them to win the Super Bowl now just because I want to see what they do. Like, imagine that. Like, how awkward is that? Or do you not send them a belt, which is even more awkward? They have their own belt. Do they want to have their belt out there? Is there an understanding? Send them the 20, see, see what WWE does? They send them a 24-7 title. Like, what is that about? Not going to probably be great if they send it just to be classy about it. But yeah, this was him after they won the they won the uh, the Titans game. <laughs> Yo, Tony so Khan kills me, man. <laughs> Tony Khan kills me. You hear him? Listen to him. He gets twirled around like a Disney princess. (laughs) Oh my god. That's that's probably why old boy boy put him down because, like, yo, stop screaming in my ear, yo. Oh, his phone did fall. Now people know the secrets of his company. If they could get his password. Look at that. <laughs> How the fuck wouldn't you feel your phone flying out of your pocket like that? Tony Khan's like the happiest little boy on earth, right? See, see the reason? That's why I don't keep my phone in my back pocket. Just for shit like that. Like. He's just such a happy guy. See, it's just a tradition. <laughs> Football players pick him up. Wrestlers pick him up. He's, oh, he, he, God. he's like the Koenma of wrestling. If anybody watches you, you hockey, stupid. Right? You stupid. You stupid. <laughs> so what's the adult form of Tony Khan then, if that's the case? Yeah, like... In Japan, this isn't weird at all. They're like, all of our protagonists have some sort of... A, and our antagonists have, have a little... <laughs> we have oh, a lot of little guys God. here. We have Zeno now, and we have all kinds of stuff. All little guys, very tiny people. Yeah, but who knows? Maybe we'll have both both belts, right? We'll have the AEW World Title on one shoulder, and we'll have the WWE one on the other. They probably wouldn't want that on television, though. You know? The mark will explode. Oh yeah, they'd lose their mind. Definitely lose it. Okay. Well, let's look at uh some Mandy Rose news that came out. Apparently she did an interview. Trying to see where this place is. Sorry, I like to cite my source, but I don't know much about uh daytime television here. It was a daytime show. I'll get it while I'm running the damn thing. 
you guys will probably see and be like, oh, that's the one. I don't know these shows. <laughs> Tamron Hall. There you go. Tamron Hall. Of course. Who else would it be? Whoever that is. I honestly, everything happens for a reason. Yeah. And I, I can't even say I was wrong because I am so forever grateful for everything that the, the WWE has presented me with. Um, so I can't sit here and say that I was wronged or not because the overwhelming I'm hurt 100%. Yes, I'm hurt. I'm, I'm very hurt. Nobody, no, one, no one wants to get that call that you're being fired from any job, right? Mm -hmm. So I was very hurt. I was very disappointed. I was disappointed so much more because of everything that I put into the business, but just the last year and a half, I was champion for 413 days. I unified those two titles that we just saw. I was the third longest reigning NXT women's champion. I also created this um, must-see faction with two other women that I really brought up. Um, and I got to see so many women develop their characters and they're all like a lot, you know, younger than me and really in the beginning, beginning of their careers. And to me, that was so important because it was so rewarding for me. And so losing the title was obviously a gut punch. You know, it, it, it was definitely, I was so disappointed. But at the end of the day, my purpose was what was like gone. And I felt that's where I kind of felt lost. And I felt confused yeah. because of all the hard work that I put into. And, you know, driving home from that, I just, a lot of things were going through my mind. Um, you know, you always think there's a lot of unanswered questions and all that. But at the end of the day, like I said, I love what I, what I have, what I've done in the WWE. And I love that, the platform, what it presented me with. So I am forever grateful for them. I love what I So yeah, I mean, she does sound like it meant something to her. You know, she she spoke in an interview about how she was really given one warning to take it down, and then she did. So I don't know what the order of events were that led to her still being released or whatever. But she also, when she was asked about making a million dollars in a month, she corrected them and actually said it was like two and a half weeks. So she's doing good for herself. That's for damn sure. Right. That girl is set. Yeah, don't cry for Mandy Rose. That's for damn sure. Not one bit. Have said and wanted me to ask you about going back to the WWE. And I struggle with this question. As, as everyone knows, I was let go publicly from my dream job. But then I got this talk show. Didn't know it was coming. Mm -hmm. I can't lie, though. There are times when I look back and you go, if then. With you, you're still in it. It's 30 days. Is there a scenario where you could return to the WWE and, and take back what you earned, which is this place as a role model with all these fans? I would say, obviously, um, never say never. I'm not, you know, I'm not moving on and, and looking back and being like, that's my, yes, that, that is my past. But I would say never, you know, never say never. I don't know what the future holds. Um, would you take, the, have you taken down the fan site? The, the um, no, I have not. If they ask you to take it down, would you, as a condition to return? It'd have to be a conversation, yeah. Because you made, I'd have it to, true you made a million dollars in yeah, a dirty Two and a half Because I'm about actually. to start mine in a minute. Because <laughs> I'm not kidding you. I was like, maybe I'm in the wrong business. I need one of these fans for over 50 women. Um, hey, is it? <laughs> and turn the TV off. <laughs> um, but is it true you made a million dollars in just that short period of time? 
Yeah. So why would you go? Could you have made that kind of money in the WWE? I don't know what you make. Long and I don't term. Like yeah, no, long term. Long term, you could. It would take me a, a while, for sure. It's so a classy answer instead of hell no. Then you were making or could in the immediate future as WWE. Yes. So sounds like that's an easy answer. <laughs> it does. Yeah. That's, she's being very humble. I would say... Um, Extremely humble. Money isn't everything. Of course it's but, not. Um, but only your brand and your identity. Exactly. Is. And that's what I was just going to get to. You know, I think what I've realized and learned from this whole thing is that my name, image, and likeness is extremely valuable. Yeah. And I know, you know, big organizations usually um, kind of have all the power and they reap the benefits off of that. But what I learned is that, and this is why, you know, I say I'm so grateful for them, but the future and what the future holds for me is that now I can self-monetize my NIL. Yeah. And I can have complete brand control, complete creative control, um, a direct relationship with my fans. Um, and that right there was like the moment of empowerment that yeah. I have felt. I get it. And, you know, and, and really, really realized because, you know, in show business and like you just yeah. said before too, like, you know, you could be here today and gone tomorrow. Yeah. We're, yeah. We're, we all have to set ourselves up for the future. Yeah, smart girl. Right, kept it very, very classy. Mm hmm because the correct answer was there's no way in hell you can make that kind of money. <laughs> Niall? You know, it's just simply not going to happen. But she took Especially the Especially down in NXT, unfortunately. Yeah, but what they did inadvertently was they elevated her. Like, I don't know if they realized that by releasing her, the stock raised on Mandy Rose, getting her back would be more expensive right. now. You know what I mean? Like, you just kind of created uh, another superstar situation similar to, like, any of the other temps that come and go for high prices now. Kind of put the ball in her court doing that. All right, because at this point, no matter what she does, she's set. And she could easily just say at this point, either I get to keep my site up or I'm not coming back. Because, I mean, if I you mean, say, no, okay, that's not going to work, no, 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 it's no, no, like, no. all right, I'll go make another million in two weeks. Now, we're a million dollars past that, though, now. Before, it was I keep my site and, you know, I'll do my work. It's, now it's kind of like she's showing up on these shows. She's getting mainstream attention. She made a million dollars in two and a half weeks. We're past the whole, like, they lost the opportunity to have a top talent on the main roster for years and years to come that eventually would have wound up in the position that she's in now where they can only really call on her on a big payday rainy day you know it's like it's a self-fulfilling prophecy that they help just expedite in a weird way because the fact that she's showing up on shows like that and the fact that she made that money changes everything and just like she said she knows the value of her own brand now. And if nothing more, they helped her make, make herself aware of it and elevate herself. She took a Very moment true. to think about whether or not she was going to ever go back to WWE. <laughs> you know what I mean? And even still didn't say yes, just said, you know, never say never, because I guess it's not smart to burn bridges. But it would take them to really, they're in the negotiating spot now. Like they, they gotta give her like Brock and Sting money. I don't I think it's 
dude like with a girl like that and i said it before i knew if you go back i think one week before they released her we were talking about how she could be like a main girl the way trish was and uh just somebody who's like the face of the female brand because of the packaging that they look for in a female i think that they fucked up major releasing her under any conditions you know so we'll have to see with that though Congratulations with everything. I know it's a lot going on in your world. How are you feeling? How is, like, you know, obviously it's a big change. How are you feeling? Um, It's been amazing. I'm feeling awesome. I'm glad I was able to kind of finally speak out to my fans um, that I love very much and just let them all know that I am doing okay. And I'm in New York City. Um, and I'm excited to just kind of enjoy my time now. How has it been the transition? Like, obviously, the fan. How's your? Is a lot of people have been reaching out? Like, is your? How has your numbers been on OnlyFans? It's been crazy numbers. Um, yeah, it's, it's fan time actually. Oh, fan. Sorry, fan. No, no, it's sorry. okay. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah, um, yeah, it's it's been awesome. Like I said, at Alcor <laughs> from my uh, from my fans. And Same so shit. Go on. Is there any chance of returning back to wrestling? Is that something like you really want to do? Like I said before, do? never say never. Never say never. Yeah. Um, what's uh. I'm sorry. Are you uh, has did Triple H or anybody reach out to you? Did Stephanie ever talk to you at all? No. No. So. No. Okay. Right. Thank you. Well, I wish you the best. Good to see you. All right. Thank you. Wow. Yeah, she seems quite happy. So. Dude said only fans. What kind of journalists are you? You have to know the difference between your adult content sites. Right. Fan I, time is classy, okay? Yeah. I would have loved if he would have totally tanked it and been like Pornhub. Oh my god. <laughs> like, okay, sorry, interview over. Oops, wrong But man, what about WWE? No, fuck you, interview over. <laughs> <laughs> but he's just like... The, the George R.R. Martin, no, fuck you, sir. <laughs> <laughs> the George R.R. Martin snub, right? <laughs> The greatest snub ever. Just cause we don't hear talking about pipe bombs. That was the briefest short pipe bomb. And I was like, no, fuck you, sir. Okay. <laughs> that was one of the greatest ones just because we didn't know he had it in him till that moment. I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> right. I was like, what? Was that George R. Like, oh. It's like, it's like if, like, Santa said, fuck you, you'd be surprised. You know, like, oh, my God. I didn't expect that. Well, you do have that God, button. Expect, oh, God. I don't expect a fuck you from Santa. You know what I mean? There's just certain things that in your mind until you see it, when you see it, even if it's something like that, you're shocked. Like, wow. And all the time I've thought about George R. R. Martin as an author, I just, and you would think you wouldn't be surprised about a guy who writes books like that saying fuck you, right? There's fucks all over that book. No, you'd be it's shocking when George does it. It was like, whoa. Like, all of those characters come from his mind, so we know he has a fuck in him. Many. But uh, yeah, just hearing him saying something different. I'm so mad that we can't make the title. We, we know he has a fucking him. Yeah. <laughs> guy. Damn it. He really is. <laughs> anyway. What are we going to talk about? I think we're going to probably talk Smackdown next. How about that? Yeah. We're getting knocking some of these weeklies out of the box. Don't worry, we're gonna talk about the WWE. I promise. I promise you. But anyway, SmackDown. I lo- I love how wow, it's like it starts right away. <laughs> they rampaged it. 
Yeah, look, they're pissed already. It came to us. This is episode 1220. It came to us from Memphis, Tennessee, from the FedEx Forum. What a celebration, right? Just come and wreck shit. <laughs> We were there. We know what happened. They only did that because Cena was there. How often we just show well, last SmackDown? Acknowledge me. Wise man, we're gonna start things off a little differently tonight. I'd like to hear from the honorary use, Sami Zayn now. Oh yeah, the honorary use. care to talk about this year i don't know if you tuned in last week this smackdown match of the year against john cena and kevin owens and what do you think happened some say we lost <laughs> i didn't yo that's the most scary part of the whole thing that laugh <laughs> i know what he says here though listen i didn't lose he lost <laughs> what's confusing to me this is where i just i cannot figure it out why'd you guarantee a win thank you me do you want to beat me? Do you want to be the tribal chief? Take on the burden. I think what's happening now is you've got some misdirected anger going on. It's not <laughs> with Sammy. Your problem is with me. At the Royal Rumble in a match Universal Championship. The only thing I want is for you to disappear. Go away. Leave forever. Roman. I'll see you at the Royal Rumble. And Sammy, I'll see you whenever you manage to dig your balls out of Roman's pocket. Brutal. To put his championship on the line, the Royal Rumble. And by the way, just so that you guys could take a look at Owen's eye. Remember, you know, we had some people in the chat last time that were like, it's a million dollar corporation. They would never have a receipt. Well, that's about a quarter of a million dollar shiner, so. course charlotte but first we get a, a singles match kofi kingston against santos escobar and this is your weekly sighting and that is zima ion yeah zima ion's out there too <laughs> he's out there with cruz del toro and zelina vega isn't that great there he is you see him he was over there by the steel step zima zima sighting Oh god! Oh, this match was great. This is a lot. Of, this is an enjoyable match to see. Mm -hmm. Yeah, nice really for the solid. first bit of action. The stars match now. They don't give a crap about Kofi right now, though. As far as uh, anything, I, I think that Woods is out for some reason, right? Like I think, yeah, I, think I heard like, that he um he's a little busted up right now. Like he's not cleared. I don't know if that's an angle, but I keep hearing he's not cleared for some reason. I don't know if it was disclosed. Look at a former champ. And with that announcement, I believe KO and Roman have officially going to be making a little bit of history because I think they're the first main event to ever happen at three Royal Rumbles. Nice. 
Very interesting. Now is it's always the universal title too. And uh, oh, he's gee. waiting for you. Yeah. Remember last week, I told you that life on the island of relevancy is staying three steps ahead at all times. I still love you. Yeah, wise man still loves you. Sounds like complete chaos. I live for chaos. But if I had it my way, I'd enter the ring first and beat the crap out of every single superstar that came down there after me. To come out on top and move on to WrestleMania. <laughs> Watch me. Who will punch their ticket to a main event? Yeah, lives going in number one. Pitch black match against Bray Wyatt at the Royal Rumble. Let me talk to you. I found myself earlier today walking through Memphis, and I thought to myself, do I really feel the way I feel? Yeah, <laughs> I feel damn good. Not because I'm in Memphis. Nobody feels good about that. <laughs> Ain't nobody talking about Bray Wyatt's big return match. No, no. When the lights go down, Bray Wyatt's lights go out. The fact of life. Yeah. <laughs> I heard the crowd. <laughs> we got it twice. The crowd went, yeah, right afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, anyway, we get a mixed tag match. Emma and Madcap Moss against Karen Cross and Scarlett. It's one of those where they automatically get tagged in when the other person gets tagged, so it stays the same gender type deal. Yeah, it's not intergender rules. It's just mixed tag. Right. Yeah, it's all right. I'm so I'm amazed, honestly. I don't, I'm not gonna say this. I agree with it necessarily, but I'm amazed that Emma's out here on SmackDown. Right. There must be some unresolved shit that we don't know about with that. And I'm not saying I don't like Emma, but just to think that with the roster that we have and with the amount of people, they could have brought back anybody. And they went back all the way back to Emma. Like Triple H must have had like special plans, I'm going to say, or something. Because, man, never thought I'd see her back here. They didn't seem to care at all. You saw what they did there? They put a Rey Mysterio mask on his face. It's fucked up. They're trying to replace the son that he lost. Look at that. Jerry Lawless bar and grill. And you kept kicking me in the bloody head. I am proud to call you an honorary brew. I appreciate that. I'm surprised we're still standing. <laughs> banger! After banger! After banger! After banger! After banger! The Banger Bros, McIntyre, Sheamus, live tonight in the Banger Bros. Consistency and dedication for what I do in this ring. Specs the unexpected and rises to every occasion. Hold on, hold on now. The Ville will get it done. I think there should be an asterisk next to number 14. He's the fighter. Put your title on the line right now challenge accepted trick 
Obviously not. He's accepted the challenge. Oh. Deville now from behind. Oh God! Just like show. I like Deville as a heel. You know. You don't like her. I don't mind her as a heel. What I don't like is that she just shows up and is in championship matches. Like, like can, can, can we can we stop having these championship matches where there's no alternate universe where she wins this shit? Well, it's, it was Charlotte's choice, though. Kind of like the way uh, Ronda did. It wasn't like somebody made her do it. It's like, I just need somebody to be like, haven't you lost like the last eight times? Like, be gone, thought, be gone. <laughs> Something I wanted to show you guys. I don't know if it showed it here. Into the figure four bridges to the figure eight. Taps out. The division here on Friday night SmackDown. It doesn't show it, but I have it in another clip. Let me grab it real quick. Charlotte forgot that she was a baby face. Did you hear about this? Yeah, like there was like a split second where she forgot she was a face. She snatched it from her. <laughs> See, she 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 skipped ahead to the part where the fans turn on her for no reason already. <laughs> See, because she knows it's coming, like all of us. She's just so comfortable being a bitch. It's like she's just used to being that way. Give me that title. Wait, wait, I'm a baby face. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> she's like, I gotta, she's like, I gotta, I gotta stay baby face for the next. Two and a half weeks until they turn for no reason again. Yeah, you know what though? She makes such a good heel. I oh, don't she's like great. Her. I don't like her as a baby face at all. And see, that, that's what annoys me the most. Like they, she's only a baby face right now because they are in that phase where they don't like Ronda. Knowing good and well, they're gonna switch in like a month if they go slow. Oh yeah, of course, no question about it. Kind of like keep that same energy, but then again, wrestling fans are fickle, so very fickle. That being said, we get a Royal Rumble qualifying match Ricochet against Top Dollar, being accompanied by the rest of Hit Row's Ashanti Adonis and B Fab. And uh, this, this was set up pretty much to make, I guess, uh, Hit Row into heels. Which is such a stupid yeah. and weird idea. Like it just comes from. It's just like they just decided we don't have enough heels, so they're just gonna be heels, you know. And then Braun comes in for the run in, and like, oh no, people are comparing freaking uh, top dollar to Suge Knight. I'm not trying to be the tribal chief. I'm not trying to take power. I'm not 
trying to do any of that. I'm not trying to fuck your shit up. That gave you that impression, then I am sorry. I don't accept your apology. As your tribal chief, I hold myself to a very high standard. At the end of the day, I've got to control my anger. Nobody deserves to be spoken to like that. So no, I don't accept your apology because I should be the one apologizing. I'm sorry, Timmy. I mean, it's fine. You know, you're under a lot of pressure. It's, I get it. And I appreciate that, but it's no excuse. But KO was right. I'm, I'm not mad at you. The cable problem's done. It's done. We're gonna fix it. Isn't that right, wise man? Your tribal chief is giving you the opportunity to redeem yourself. There you go. Next week, one-on-one, -on -one, honorary oos versus Kevin Owens. Hey, we we will take care of... No, 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 no. I will take care of him. For you. I gotta get out there. I gotta get out there. Hold on, hold on. Stay. Well, stay and hang out with us. Yeah. All right. Sammy Zane has another opportunity. How nice of him, right? Right. And that brings us to a tag match of WWE Raw SmackDown Tag Team Titles on the line. Jimmy and Jey Uso being accompanied by Sola Sokoa defending against Drew McIntyre and Sheamus. The Bang Er Bros. <laughs> they knew what they did. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> I knew they weren't going to have a random team beat them. No. That would be rough. Started being friends again like that. These guys are convenient friends whenever they don't have a storyline for either one of them. That's right. There's no world title here, so we could be friends. It's ridiculous how long the Usos have been champions. Like, my God. And it works. It works great. You know how uncomfortable it's going to be the next time they don't have those two titles? I always said years ago on the show that I considered them, the, the tag team division, to be their division. Even when they weren't champions, because they're the most consistent thing about it. Yeah, they're always here in some form or the other. Yeah. They've definitely gotten better over time. It's amazing. Goes to show what experience oh my does. God, yes. Two of them. Deuce. That dive. As always, cuts it very close to the rope on that one. I love that they both wound up with popcorn. Like in the first scene, Roman All three of them. Yeah, I wonder where the brawling brutes were. Now we got four brawling brutes if we count Drew. Got him. I love how that's just become a trick now. It was a shame did it that one time. Surprise. Got him. I love the celebration in the back, though. Sammy. <laughs> <laughs> Freaking Sammy kills me, man.
Oh, good lord. Look at Roman, just fucking... <laughs> That's such a great stable. It's become so oh, entertaining. Okay. Is that screenshot? Very possibly. <laughs> yeah. The day is theirs. That's for damn sure. A winner is you. A winner is them. So apparently there was an attack on them after this ended or something? On Seamus and Drew. Yeah, uh, Drew and Seamus got a visit. Wait a minute, wait a minute. From behind. The hell, the Viking Raiders. The Viking Raiders, Eric and Ivar, attacking Seamus and McIntyre. Just picking the bones of Seamus and McIntyre after they left it all on the mat. A grueling tag team championship match for McIntyre and Sheamus. And now this assault, this ambush. Drew and Sheamus can't even defend themselves. By the Viking Raiders. They didn't even bother to show them on the show, right? Valhalla is out here looking on at the damage that Eric and Ivar, the Viking Raiders, did in this inexplicable attack on Sheamus and McIntyre. The gods have apparently spoken. And this is their desire. Ragnarok. The Raiders pillaging and plundering. Much to the... Well, Sarah looks fucking scary now. Yeah, she's getting scarier. Like she, it looks unsettling. <laughs> That does look cool. I'm not gonna lie, they have a great look. They're making oh, yeah. a great t-shirt. Amazing visual. So SmackDown did 2.168 million viewers with a 0.50 in the 18 to 49 demographic. Pretty much uh, a little bit down from the 2.4 444,000 they did last week. But you know they're still doing big money SmackDown numbers. Yeah, only a tiny hit. Yeah, there's no question about that. So I let you choose. You want to jump straight into Raw? Or do you want to talk about uh, the uh, the return of Vince McMahon? Oh God, I don't want to be sad yet. Let's go to Raw. Want to go straight to Raw? Ooh, we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna back to back it. Right after this, we'll discuss Vince though. Yeah. See, I pro I prolonged y'all's misery just a little bit longer. You're welcome. No I'm kidding. <laughs> Well, that's what everybody wants to hear about. You know that. Yeah, everybody wants to rage for a little bit. That's the discussion to be had. Anyway, Raw 1546 came to us from Birmingham, Alabama, the Legacy Arena. Three weeks, I'm going to challenge Roman Reigns. Wait just a second. JBL is live in Birmingham. 
Since you're not from the South, people of Alabama, most of them here are about one generation from walking on all fours. Aww. Let me introduce you to the person, Baron Corbin. Kevin Owens. There is no chance you can beat Roman Reigns. He's a loser. in his grave right now. You guys are an embarrassment. KO's gonna cut a hey. hey, you show respect, you goofy Canadian. We ring the bell, we have a match, and then I hit you with a stunner. The choice is yours. Right here, right now, in Birmingham. You Hell yeah. Let's ring that bell. To kick off Monday Night Raw. Good first match of the night. You know, it kind of stings a little bit more when Corbin, of all people, is the one to tell you you can't beat Roman. Considering he's the last person to pin Roman. <laughs> yeah. He's like, motherfucker, nobody's done it since me. Like, what do you. <laughs> I really thought we were going to see more Corbin stuff by now, you know? Yeah, like. I don't know what, like, is going on, but I need something to start happening. Like, you all brought JBL back and everything? Like. Besides that one funny thing when they were on the bump, I mean, let's get it going. Come on, man. He didn't need a mouthpiece, though, of all people. It's funny they gave him JBL. You would give it to somebody who can't talk. Corbin could talk. Yeah, we go on whatever show we want. We're Raw Smackdown. Tag champions. Both titles, both shows. Yeah. That's the message sent from the tribal chief, But you know, tonight there is a tag team turmoil match, and the winners are going to be the first ones to get their hands on you tonight. Maybe take those Raw Tag Team Championships. What else, man? Let's roll loose. Solo, they're leaving. You're staying. We got a match for you, too. Dolph Ziggler. Gentlemen, please escort the Usos to the exit, if you please. Why do you get Dusty Rhodes on him there? Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> the officials for putting her hand on the official. Bianca Belair might be the Raw Women's Champion, but I'm the only one here. Afraid of Bray Wyatt or Uncle Howdy. She's afraid of me. I am the one in charge. Scars into Bianca's face. Raw Women's Championship. I hear Bo Dallas was backstage. It's very likely that, that this Uncle Howdy is him, huh? Yeah. I actually have an interesting little detail after this clip that I've heard about um, backstage stuff when it comes to Howdy. What's that? So apparently, they're, when it comes to like them keeping it secret from people in the back, whoever's under the costume doesn't even take it off in the back. That's pretty cool. You like, whoever is Howdy, all you ever see is that. <laughs> so even, like, the boys and people in the back, I think only, like, a handful of people know who it actually is. So they're actually doing a pretty good job of keeping it under wraps. You know what would be cool if they really wanted to troll everybody with this Uncle Howdy thing? You know the way that uh, AJ Styles used to have that, uh, what was it called, Deadly Evil Ways? It was yeah. an entrance that he used to come to the ring like really slow. Like he had like this, his hood on. 
then when he like turned back to being like a regular baby face he would like halfway down evil ways then he would just like turn back <laughs> yes. to the other they should do that with uncle howdy right like have him like right here all of a sudden he just takes everything off and he goes back to being like the bull that runs inspirational like he just turns right right in the middle like right at this part oh my god like it has the scary uncle uncle howdy thing ding ding and all of a sudden you just hear the bullshit he comes right See, the problem with that and the reason that backfires for me is because at that point, after that happens, the rage fucking drop because you know nothing's getting better than that. Like, yeah. And, like, and yep, then, this is the apex. See y'all next but, week. But what, just like the AJ Evil Ways, I want it each time. Like, every time the, 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 the lights go out, it becomes dark, and this guy comes out dressed in all that shit, and it's spooky, and then all of a sudden, like, in the smoke, you just see it all fly off him, and he comes running out his ball. And that's just always. I'm gonna tell you what you do, though. I'm gonna tell you what you do. You mix it up. You never do it in the same spot twice. You know what I think would be great about it, though, because then he would get heat, but like not the kind of heat they expect. Like this would be real heat because everybody wanted something cool, you know. But instead, it's just this part and then the regular bow gimmick. I think that would get nuclear (laughs) heat, man. Tell me, people wouldn't be furious. I'm telling you, the perfect way you do it, you do it like. Where the power runs out in Five Nights at Freddy's, you don't necessarily know how long the song, how long Freddy's song is gonna last. You don't know how much how do you're gonna get until inspirational Bo shows up. Yeah, and then when he wins, he does a victory lap around the ring the way Bo used to. And when he gets to the top of the and ramp, then he gets halfway up the ramp, then howdy. No, he gets back up the ramp and he puts all the shit back on and then calmly walks back. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta watch him get to the top of the ramp. Get to wherever he left all the clothes. He puts the jacket back on, the pants, the boots, the shirt, the mask, and the hat, and then just stomps back up. Walks off. Walks off. Oh my god, the levels of heat they would get for it. Oh, dude, that'd be hell at WrestleMania. It's play as long as those fucking stages. Oh my god. I have a bunch of Uncle Howdy's come off of WrestleMania. And like they all drop trial at the top of the ramp, and then they all do a victory (laughs) lap together. (laughs) He's fucking dumb. You can't. Just in one motion. <laughs> it would just, I would just love to troll that gimmick. Imagine him getting in the ring with his big, bright bow eyes and just the first thing he says when he has the mic, he goes, howdy. Oh. <laughs> Everyone will be so mad. Yo, that would be glorious heat. Oh, my God. I'm so mad because now I want it. Yeah, I want it too. Hey, what was this again? Oh, yeah, howdy. Welcome back to... <laughs> Next up, Bailey versus Meechin. Meechan. Wait, wait, hold on. Just wanted to send a message to Becky Lynch because weird obsession with us going on right now. So, Becky, you can't stand what we have. You can't stand that you lost to me. <laughs> you and Dakota, you guys have worked so damn hard. You watch what I do to your friend, Meechin. Match to Becky Lynch. The bell rings, but is Bailey overlooking? Perhaps this is a great opportunity. Oh, oh this was a lovely match. <laughs> yeah, no complaints. Yeah, I keep hearing people talking about how the Bailey thing isn't working. I don't know what the hell they're talking about. I like damage control. They don't know the definition of things working. People who are saying you, that you it's know, not working. You, you, I don't you think never hear work. anybody with <laughs> any kind of like intelligence or common sense ever say that. I feel like people who say the damage control isn't working aren't watching wrestling consistently because they have more wins than like they're anyone. not watching anything. <laughs> You know, and it is working. What's not working about it? I, I wish when people said shit like that, they elaborate. You know? 
Like, what didn't work? See, the problem, the problem with it is, though, just like with a lot of wrestling marks, if they elaborate, they ruin their own fun. Yeah, I guess. Like, like I've realized there's a lot of wrestling marks out there, unfortunately, now. They just like to say stuff just to get a rise out of people, but then when you ask them to explain, they disappear. I was hoping that you could provide an injury update on your husband, Johnny Gargano. Johnny's really bummed that he couldn't participate in tag team turmoil, but doctors advise him to get back to 100%, so that's our goal right now. So, what is up next for you? Another okay, injury. So I guess what's... I heard it's his shoulder or something, right? Yeah. yeah. I think that you've got a chance of winning and going to WrestleMania? Mate, you're delusional. I think I have just as good of a chance as you do in winning the Royal Rumble. Stupid little pixie wings plucked and absolutely ripped apart. We can do this tonight. Gonna be a great homecoming gift for Dominic. I'll see you in the ring. To be number one, she's like if her the Iron Rhea to win this year. She's like if Evil Lynn had a daughter. Remember Evil Lynn from He-Man? Right. <laughs> <laughs> Evil Lynn's kid. Oh, sorry, I didn't mean to jump. Where's <laughs> your guy? Where's the visionary? I thought he was gonna outclass me. What? You know what happened to Seth freaking Rollins? Don't you boo me. You know what happened last week? Seth freaking Rollins was outclassed by the Austin freaking Theory. <laughs> I love that. I guess it was just a storyline with the knee thing, right? Yeah, he worked everybody. Good. You acting like your knee hurts. Want to sing that song? They know that I beat you last week. I am the pinnacle of this entire damn industry. I've surpassed your ass. Look, Theory, we'll get to that part, but I got to give you guys an update on my knee. The truth is, my knee is not 100%. I'll see you at the Rumble, kid. No. Wait a second. Look at the size of Lashley. The Almighty's, don't you come The Almighty in. returns. And immediately starts whooping ass. Anyway, singles match, Candice LeRae against Rhea Ripley. Been a little bit since we've seen Candice in the ring, right? Mm -hmm. Very unfortunate for her that it was against Rhea Ripley. Yeah, that poor baby. Rhea Ripley used to be a problem back when she was like the regular default Rhea Ripley. Like, this Rhea Ripley is really nasty. Dude, she is vi It's the most vicious I think I've ever seen her. And that's just like a level of arrogance to it, because she knows she can fuck up everybody in that in that locker room. Yeah, there's definitely a look at <laughs> the way she catches her. Ass. <laughs> yeah, that, hold on, that poor kid. Welcome yeah, to the front row, motherfucker. <laughs> Yo, did he get kicked? He didn't get kicked, did he? Very close. Nah, he didn't get kicked. Damn. Oh baby, yeah, rip scene. Look at that. Got the flex with one leg up. You plan to enter the Royal Rumble match. Please excuse yourself. The Almighty have some business 
Uh oh, business. Is it hurt business, perhaps? Well, maybe you might have something to say to me, like, thank you, MVP, for getting me reinstated on Monday Night Raw. I appreciate you. I've been punching your face yet, have I? But I'm trying to mend fences here, man. Mistakes were made. Trying to get us back to doing what we do best. Tonight, you'll get an opportunity to put some hurt tag team. I'm not going to forget about what went down between us. We're good. Not right now, man. All right, Roberto, I respect that. Handle your business as you see fit. Expand that business. Where's your head at heading into tonight's match against Solo Sokoa? Two weeks ago, the bloodline kicked down that door over there, busted through here, and did what they do. That's why I am here tonight for revenge, some payback, Dolph. and... Hey, Dolph, I just came from Adam Pierce's office. He said that he offered you and me an opportunity in tonight's tag team turmoil match. But you declined it because you want to face Solo one-on-one? -on -one? Dolph, are you kidding me? Hey, you owe me. And now tonight you're costing me an opportunity at the tag titles. And yeah, the two of us could probably do pretty good as a tag team. But tonight it's not about tag teams. It's not about championships. And it's not about you. I hope you can understand that. It's Ziggler, Sokoa, next on Raw. Ziggler, if you want to loud enough, I'm disappointed. Can you tell us why you decided to help the Miz? Byron, I'll field this one. Because we have each other's backs. Bronson isn't just a bruiser, he's a highly ethical man. If you mess with me, you mess with us. I wanted to extend an invitation Miss to has you so many best friends. TV tonight. VIP, anything for a friend. Friend, there is no us. If you want something, pay me. You pay. You sound like you, Corey Gray. <laughs> you pay. Singles match, Dolph Ziggler versus Solo Sokoa. It's our annual Dolph Ziggler thing. Bump machine is what it is. They needed somebody for Solo to, to bump around, and that's what they decided to use Dolph Ziggler for, because why not, right? Right. Sell his ass off, so fuck it. Yeah. There's somebody who sells. He almost hit his head there. I wish that commentary table would leave. Decimating the Monday Night Raw roster. Says he wants yeah, I really like Solo. He's coming along great, man. So cool. I love the bloodline. It's all get, good. They're starting to get pops instead of booze over, over baby faces. No famous for you. Samoan Spike. Look at that. A pop up Samoan Spike. Ever seen such a thing? <laughs> That's different. Somewhere in the heavens, Umaga's like, Are you shitting me? I love how he's like the one unhinged member of the book. Look, Dominic, fresh from prison. ...sent a message to Becky Lynch, like I sent a message to Meechin when I beat her. You're nothing but a fraud and a cheat. Nobody likes a sore loser. I'm proud of you for stepping up to me tonight, but you want to know the difference between me and Becky? I'm not afraid to accept some help. Kick your ass right now! Surprise! Look at the stable that's not working out too well again. It will be absolutely awesome. Miz getting the scoop of the year, getting it on Miz TV here tonight. Tonight, I realized that I have a lot of notable guests on Miz TV. Guests like Ballers Dominic, Roman Reigns. Ladies and gentlemen, please give it up. Dominic Mysterio! As soon as he stepped on the scene, we heard Rhea. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure Dominic was there for that long. I talked to Dominic. Oh my god. 
crowd here on the edge of their seat. Thank you for being here, Dominic. One thing I learned in prison is you always roll with your crew. I gotta ask, what's it like, you know, <laughs> on the inside? Snitches get stitches. <laughs> Why does he have a teardrop, Rick? Why does he have a teardrop? <laughs> what happened, don't we? Imagine being locked up with the world's most dangerous people. If I am ever gonna see mommy on the other side again, I had to do what I had to do. Why don't you tell him that wild story? <laughs> gotta scare that guy straight. So I was in my cell, right? With my cellmate, saying that he wanted to punch a hole in my face. I really, truly know how Martha Stewart feels. <laughs> I'm sure you do, but you were uh. held in county jail for a few hours. What you just say? Gruel omelets in the clink and getting chased by Dementors? Maybe I was misinformed. We're coming for the tag titles. Yeah, there, Miz. What if I need to have to do a prison? Anyway, don't ask me how the hell they tried to tie this and segue it into the WWE Raw Tag Team Title Number One Contendership Turmoil Match. But that's what they did. Yeah, basically a tag team gauntlet match. Yeah. yeah Judgment, Judgment Day. Day mm -hmm. OC kicked it off. Mm -hmm. You got quite a few teams. You got the Street Profits, Angelo Dawkins, and Montez Ford. You got Cedric Alexander and Shelton Benjamin, the Not Hurt Business. You got Alpha Academies, Chad Gable, and Otis. Um, yeah, that's all of them, pretty much. Yeah. yeah, what do you think? Oh, this was fun. I I, I, I like Tag Team Turmoil matches. Just because they have their... They feel, even though it is basically is just a tag team gauntlet, they always feel like they have a different energy than regular gauntlet matches. Some of them, my issue is that you can never really tell who the better team is because it's circumstantial in the sense that the better team could be in there all night and then lose because they fought through four other teams. In this particular case, I mean, I guess my issue with it would be the opposite. They made it abundantly clear who the better team is because Judgment Day, spoiler alert, runs through everybody. Right, they ran the gauntlet. Yeah, they literally were the only ones in the ring. I mean, yeah, we had that part where uh, Balor's hurt and Dominic has to come in. Yeah, they don't make that I mean, as much since, an advantage as a disadvantage, you know. Which, I mean, since they're out there now, congratulations to Shelton Benjamin. 20 years in WWE now. Nice. Like, holy Jesus, I didn't realize it's been that long. They must not count his last two Ring of Honor title runs because I damn sure know they weren't 20 years ago when I was watching him in Final Battle. <laughs> like, how you know enough that outside of there exists. Yeah, but I don't know how they do their math. 20 years, I've seen him in Ring of Honor like a lot in the last 10. You know? <laughs> Yeah, fucking judgment they just ran through everybody. Mm -hmm. Alpha Academy. Are they even raw? I lose track of who's where. Yeah, all these were uh, all the I believe all these were raw teams. But yeah, Alpha Academy, I think they're raw. Yeah, I don't know why I lost track of where they were. It's funny how they're allowed to Swap out Finn with Dominic. I guess Freebirds rules, even though they don't really have yeah. that. Like New Day was just the only ones who ever really used it like that, but it's always kind of been a thing since, since New Day started doing it again. Mm -hmm. 
That stupid worm spot that he does. Like, why torture us? Hey, the crowd popped shit. They were just like, ooh, old Otis. <laughs> Poor Finn. Yeah, that was that Vader bomb that did it, homie. Oh, yeah. It wouldn't be a party without the Street Profits. Literally. My favorite part was what, what my favorite part was just thinking about all the fans were like, oh god, Montez Ford heel turn. Yeah, for Session in the ranks. This I match, more, nothing's happening. I was more worried during this part about Dominic getting prison flashbacks. I was like, this is like, this is gonna take this kid back to a dark place after everything he's been through, you know? That's why Priest this is the first time in. he's been beaten on by two black guys. Yeah, that's why Priest tagged in because his being from uh, from New York, it's not the first time for him either. <laughs> Look at that little Kenny Omega there. So why is he so much more athletic? That he took that shit seriously. He's like, oh, I'll be damned. Y'all ain't gonna job me out. Fuck you. Yeah, he he had insider information on what was going to be happening with WWE. So as much as we all thought that it was to get in better shape to get over, he wanted to be agile enough to avoid any airstrikes. <laughs> but it worked for the team too, you know. I like that cross body off the top there, jumping in Seguri. Look at that standing moonsault. Isn't he wonderful? <laughs> we are so dramatic. <laughs> Damon Priest looks so good in the ring. That whole stable looks really good. Oh, God. Careful. 450 splash. But no, that's why we have Priest there to save his ass. Look at that. We cheated our asses off, but we got it done. Fuck him. You know, that's the kind of cheating we do around here. So that's gonna be the thing, heels versus heels. But uh there's even a more interesting little detail. These are just for the raw tag titles. Mm, so there's a chance they might yeah. lose them. The, the, this seems like this is how they're gonna split the belts up, like just introducing the fact that you can challenge for one, not necessarily both. Because you notice they're specifically only holding up the raw tag titles. Yeah, well, they shouldn't lose it on the first time they do this. Otherwise, they make it too obvious. You know? Yeah, and this does seem like uh, Pierce has been on, like, on this crusade to get rid of them as of late because he's been fucking up his show. So I can imagine this being like shenanigans. New rule. <laughs> so Rhea Ripley, the cameras caught her. Good life. The good life. The Call That's awful. Good life. The <laughs> She's such a bitch. It's amazing. Camera got a little too close there. He's a dickhead. It's like you ain't gonna say she ain't gonna say shit back, cause she will whoop your ass. Like, 
Oh my god. Okay, okay. He's got to go through the rest of that match on the thing to re-rip the calls with Dickhead. Way worse situation, but this is a very busy time for you. You've got the Royal Rumble match against Roman Reigns coming up. But first, on Friday, a match against your former friend, Sami Zayn. How are you feeling heading into that? You know, Kathy, I really wouldn't even call him my former friend. But you are right. It's been a busy time. I'm on Raw, SmackDown every week. Trying to make the Bloodlines' lives hell. I'll look, I gladly admit it. I'm not, you know. But you remember, you remember a few weeks ago we, Elias, or is you know, yeah. whatever, right? You're, and you remember I, I remembered everything he did, to me over the summer, all that stuff, right? Yeah. I don't forget things easily. Oh, great memory. Thank you. You know, I don't get complimented enough on my memory. Wow. I feel like it's one of my biggest qualities. Okay. I really appreciate you noticing it. And you know what else I remember? I remember facing Roman Reigns at the Royal Rumble twice before. The Royal Rumble's kind of our thing. Looks like me and Roman have a thing. Roman, you and I have a thing, buddy. Okay? I know that makes you feel special, but this Royal Rumble is gonna be different than the previous one, but it's gonna be the same as the one before that, because that one, I won. Mm -hmm. You see where I'm going with this? So this one, I'm gonna win. But about Sammy, like I said, I, he's not my former friend, but I also remember every single match I've ever had against Sammy. This will be our 839th match just in WWE, not even talking about the 15 years before. But this one feels different, you know why? Because this time he's not out to, to prove to himself that he's better than me, I'm not out to, to beat him for a championship. He's out to try to do Roman Reigns' bidding. Thanks for the follow, Frap Tamer. Because that's what friends do. Sammy, I wish you the best. But on Friday night, I'm going to beat the hell out of you. And it's all Roman Reigns' fault. I don't, I, I don't have anything clever to end on. Do you want to? I mean, do you, are you feeling oozy? Oh, why? I, I had Why'd to. You do that to <laughs> I'm going to walk that way. Okay. All right, you go, you go that way. I wonder if that's a shoot number. That's a lot of matches. 839. It wouldn't surprise me with those two, honestly. Just in WWE alone. Like, it wouldn't even shock me. It would shock me. But yeah, I guess if anyone's going to have that many matches, it would be them. It's like they probably fought each other on so many fucking house shows. Alexa Bliss and Alexa, I think we're all collectively still scratching our heads over what happened earlier on tonight. You're in the arena. Uncle Howdy shows up. There's some sort of awkward stare off. Can you explain what happened? Yeah, Uncle Howdy comes out here and tries to scare me. It's a nice try, but I embrace my demons and I revel in what I am and I am not afraid of him. My focus is on Bianca and the Raw Women's Championship because I am the one in control here, not him, me. Uh, clearly focused and fearless, Alexa Bliss. Back to you guys. Jackie, thank So, yeah, she, Uncle Howdy doesn't scare her. It's just a funny thing to have to say. <laughs> right. You know, that being said, Raw did, Raw episode 1546 did 1,693,000 viewers, 0.49 in the 18 to 49 demographic, up from the 0.41 of last week, around the same level of viewers, 1.6 or 5 
thousand the previous week. Good number. Killing it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Probably gonna want some music for this next part. Don't worry, it's not gonna be anything racist. I love you had to clarify that part. <laughs> Just in case anyone was wondering. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's talk about WWE, huh? <laughs> Here we go, kids. So when we spoke last week, one of the things that we spoke about was, and I feel like there should be like a graphic up there or something, right? I yes, guess. So, so. Do I have Vince in like a Sith outfit? No, I probably don't. Oh, God. Closest you can get to that is like higher power, Vince. Yeah. We'll just get Vince on the damn screen here. Anyway, when we spoke last week, we spoke about the possibility of Vince McMahon coming back and the fact that he could essentially hold the company hostage because no TV deal could be struck, no matter how lucrative, as long as Vince McMahon isn't there to finalize it. He would need to approve it because he was still the majority shareholder despite being retired. Since then, there's been quite a few changes because Vince McMahon was reinstated to the board of directors. It basically says, uh, effective, Vince puts himself, Michelle Wilson and George Barrios on the board and removes independent directors, Alan Wexler, Joe Allen Lines, Dylan and Jeffrey Speed. And, uh, yeah, basically, this puts him back in the board of directors. And I'm going to go in chronological order just so you guys get an idea of what happened here. So they filed the official paperwork for the removal of the other board members. Basically says removal of members of the board of directors, whereas under Delaware law, the power to remove any director resides in the stockholders entitled to vote for the election of such director. And and uh, the bylaws provide in relevant part that any director may be removed with or without cause by the stockholders entitled to vote for the election of such director. Now, therefore, it is hereby resolved that effective immediately each of the following individuals be and hereby is removed without cause from the board of directors of the corporation and then it lists them Joellen Lynn's Dillon, Jeffrey R. Speed and Alan M. Wexler in short what this is basically saying is that the person with the majority shares has the power to get rid of anyone they want without needing an explanation therefore without any explanation these three people are gone is what that's saying And then they basically say, whereas under Delaware law, the power to fill director vacancies resides inherently in the stockholders uh, and grants the board exclusive authority to fill newly created directorships, but does not grant the board exclusivity authority to fill other vacant directorships. Uh, And it provides 
and relevant part that any vacancy in the board caused by the removal of a director by the stockholders may be filled by the stockholders entitled to the vote basically saying the exact same shit that uh the person with the majority vote can then fill those seats now therefore it is hereby resolved that effective merely each of the following individuals be and hereby is elected to fill the vacancy of the board of directors called by the removal resolution george barrios vincent k mcmahon and michelle wilson the above resolution the actions taken by this consent shall have the same force and effect as if taken at a meeting of the stockholders of the issued and outstanding shares of capital stock of the corporation entitled to vote thereon duly called and constituted pursuant to the bylaws and the laws of the state of delaware this consent may be executed in two or more counterparts each of which shall be deemed an original and together constitute one and the same consent basically saying that it is ironclad and that vince michelle wilson and george barrios are back which is funny because those are the two people that left because of the fact that uh they had a change of philosophies in regards to where the wwe network was going to go and it sailed to peacock it's like everything just flipped back to regular i guess like well brandon thurston from wrestlenomics basically said that uh at one point the board um, alluded to shareholder demand a letter that the board have Vince McMahon uh, sign saying that uh, he won't come back to WW and he'll repay the company in exchange for them not suing him. But I guess we're above and beyond that at this point. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it is a yeah, he sort of strong-armed his way in there is what we're we're getting from this whole thing. I'm going to let you see the board letter yourself for anybody who cares that much. Anybody out there who reads the terms and services of great... No, I'm kidding. So this was because uh, Vince McMahon basically wrote a letter wanting to come back and this was basically the board's response that you're seeing here and uh, it says dear vince we write in response to your letter of december 20th we fully agree with your assessment that the company's management team is exceptional and are pleased to hear that stephanie nick paul and the rest of the management team have your full and unconditional support let me see if i could find the letter that vince originally wrote to them this whole thing is a, ma a mess Cause good lord, they, these guys are writing letters back and forth. It's like being in their emails here. <laughs> right. Holy crap, there's a lot of it here. It's like seeing big ass letters like this gives me anxiety and I don't know why. Like... Okay, so this is the, the an excerpt from that. That's what I was looking for. So he basically says, I want to be very clear that I wholeheartedly believe that WWE has an exceptional management team in place. Stephanie, Nick, Paul, and the rest of the management team have my full and unconditional support as executive chairman. And this is like an excerpt from the one where he sent them basically saying that we read last week where he said that he was coming back to uh, secure the sale of the company. Then that brings us to the one that I was just about to read, which we can now read with some context given to it. 
We fully agree with your assessment that the company's management team is exceptional and are pleased to hear that Stephanie, Nick, Paul, and the rest of the management team have your full and unconditional support. We believe that our investors, employees, and fans agree there's tremendous excitement at the company and among our fan base, and our stock price has grown by more than 40% in just the last year. We remain optimistic about the continued success of this management team and the WWE franchise overall, and we believe your support is critical to this success. As you know, it is our obligation to continue to act in a way we believe is in the best interest of the company and its shareholders. We have always taken that responsibility very seriously and all of our guided by this duty. With respect to your suggestion regarding a process to evaluate strategic alternatives and your role in that process, we are prepared to initiate such a process and are happy to work with you to ensure that it is the best process for the company and all of its shareholders. Indeed, we would welcome you and your advisors playing an important role in that process, including working together to identify the full range of potential alternatives and counterparties. To that end, we suggest that, that your bankers and lawyers meet with our bankers and lawyers in the first week of January to discuss how to best move forward together with this process. Although we welcome your participation in the launch of a strategic alternative review process. It is also our unanimous view that your return to the company at this time, while government investigations into your conduct by the U.S. Attorney's Office and SEC are still pending, would not be prudent from a shareholder value perspective. This determination is based on a variety of factors, including non-public information the board has become aware of, and the risks to the company and its shareholders of placing a greater spotlight on these issues. The attached draft letter agreement provides that the board will not agree to the shareholder demand that the company file suit against you on the conditions that you confirm your commitment to repay all of the investigation related expenses incurred by the company that you agree not to serve as an officer director or employee of the company during dependency of the government investigation those conditions and the draft letter agreement reflecting such conditions were unanimously approved by the board prior to receiving your letter of december 20th and were reaffirmed unanimously subsequent to that date oh boy this is gonna be great to break down <laughs> yeah ha <sighs> and uh then page two here we're excited about the future of wwe and its continued success and we look forward to working with you in the exploration of potential strategic alternatives as we continue to maximize shareholder value sincerely the board of directors of wwe Oh, all right. So what we're what they're basically saying here, and I'll break this down for you as best as I can. <laughs> Have fun. The first paragraph is obvious. They're basically saying, Vince, we're glad that you're happy that Stephanie, uh, Nick Khan, and Triple H are okay with you as the management team, and we agree. Our investors agree. The employees, the fans agree. We're really excited about that. The stock's gone up forty percent. And uh, we're really happy about where WWE is. Um, and it's and it's our obligation to continue to make decisions that we think are in the best interest of all of us and the shareholders. And we take that responsibility very seriously. And now in regards to you wanting to be a part of the process of looking at how we're going to sell the company or get the most out of the money within the company um we're well you and your advisors are welcome to being a part of that and working with us to figure out exactly what the best move for the company would be and we think that as a matter of fact your bankers and your lawyers should talk to our bankers and lawyers to see how we could all go forward with this together and uh, 
But the thing is, even though we're okay with you being part of trying to figure this shit out with us, uh, we also think that while you're being investigated by the government due to your shitty conduct, it wouldn't be a good idea for you to come back. And we're basing this on the fact that not only the information that they have on you, but there's a lot of other shit that we've become aware of that we feel would be a risk to the company. And it would ultimately shine a spotlight on this other shit that they're not aware of. Is what that's saying. And then it says, but hey, we do have a decision for you to make. Because uh, we have provided a letter of our own. uh, Where we, the board, won't agree to the shareholders that are demanding that we sue you so long as you repay all the money it cost us to investigate you and you sign this shit saying that you're never going to work here again so this is the exchange that was given back and forth between the two companies and then they just go on to say that the letter that they're having him sign with this agreement where we won't, they won't, we won't let them sue you, and that you know this was, this was a letter that we put together before you sent your letter about coming back. So that's the smallest words I could put into what the exchange that was initially made between the two sides here. Good lord, that's what led into him strong arming his way back in. He's like, we don't think it's a good idea if you come back. But I'm Vince McMahon, damn it! <laughs> yeah, but they use a lot of big words in these things. But, I, you know, when you read it between the lines, that's essentially what they're saying. You know, he sent the letter saying, look, if anybody's going to sell WWE or have anything to do with the finances in WWE, it's going to be me. It's my company. Otherwise, I'm not going to say yes to anything. Unless I'm there in the trenches with you guys reading the contracts and shaking hands with the people and reading the paperwork i'm not going to sit on the sidelines and let you sell my company or tell me what my company's worth shit like that i'm going to have to be present for i don't care about the booking or the storylines or who's in charge of that but this is my company and it's my money so i'm going to be present when it's discussed how we're going to tv deals anything that involves money is what he's basically saying and they're basically saying look we we don't mind you being there we don't mind your lawyers being there and how we're going to go about doing this but you're not going to be part of it you know it's kind of like what they told anakin you know, we grant you the, the rank of Jedi Master, but you do not have a seat on the council. You know, the shiny button, but you can't sit with the big kids. There you go. <laughs> and then he basically said, well, if I'm not allowed back, then nothing's going to happen. <laughs> and then he did what would be considered a hostile takeover. And then WWE issued a press release. Today we announced that the founder of WWE, Vince McMahon, will be returning to the board. We also welcome back Michelle Wilson and George Burrios to our board of directors. Together we look forward to exploring all strategic alternatives to maximize shareholder value. As Vince McMahon stated yesterday, and I like that they add this here because I guess they kind of want to remind him too. As Vince McMahon stated yesterday, WWE, and they quote him, has an exceptional management team in place. I do not intend for my return to have any impact on their roles, duties, or responsibilities. I love that they put that in the public press release because they don't want him to backpedal on that shit. I promise you that that's why that's in there. See, they know you said it too, Vince. The company intends to undertake 
a review of its strategic alternatives, which the goal being to maximize value for all WWE shareholders. There is no assurance that this process will result in a transaction. They're basically saying here that the reason why he's back is we're trying to look at whether or not we're going to make money by selling this company. But there's really no guarantee that anything's going to happen. Vince McMahon, as controlling shareholder of WWE, has, has removed Joe Allen Lyons Dillon, that woman has a long-ass name, Jeffrey R. Speed, and Alan M. Rexler <laughs> from the board. McMahon, George Breers, and Michelle William have added to the board to fill the resulting vacancies. Ignance Lohad and Manjit Singh have resigned from the board, effective today. So that's what we talked about before, the fact that Vince brought in his three guys, took out their guys. A lot of people are saying that that was the way of him getting the votes that he would need to be able to be put back into position. I'll bring in my own people. If I'm the majority shareholder, I have the power to bring in my own people to be part of the board. So what I'll do is I'll use my power to be majority shareholder and then put who I want on the board and then have the board vote me back in. Is what he did for anyone who doesn't understand how this business thing works, because he has two things in this. Like he's he's uh, he's the majority shareholder, but he was also chairman of the board. So he kind of holds the dice, you know. So they wound up removing the three board members because he wanted to, and then that gives him the votes that he needs. It's almost like if you're familiar with politics, it's almost like if the Senate controlled the like that like they control the House, and then they control who's in it. So they're gonna get the votes that they need. If that really makes any any sense. Yeah, basically gonna turn everything in their favor. When this news happened, it uh obviously this caused ripples. You know, because uh, no shock, instant ripples. Yeah. And like they said in that, uh, there's no assurance that this is going to end in a transaction just because he's there. But one of the people whose names they mentioned, uh, Manjit Singh, if you recall, this wasn't somebody who was uh, released. This guy resigned during all of this this isn't one of the three guys vince replaced with his guys apparently majit singh was the leading investigator on the vince mcmahon investigation so he resigned and ignance lahoud also resigned and apparently the reason why the two of them resigned is because they didn't agree with the decision to um have vince mcmahon return to the company at this time so keep that in mind these letters are going back and forth. No, Vince, we don't think you should come back. He basically forces his way back into the company through some corporate strategy. And then two board members resign because they disagree with his approach. I'm just trying to give you the events in the order that they happen in. The good news is that the WWE stock rose as a result of Vince McMahon returning. Not because they love Vince McMahon's jolly ass so much, but because this is basically the news coming out that there's going to be a sale. As you can see here, WWE stock. Look at how beautiful that rise looks. Those green, all these suits love looking at those green lines, right? That is <laughs> right. Say. Yeah, it went up over 23% after they heard that he was going to return. That's a jump. Mm hmm. That is. So, you know, obviously, this has more to do with their faith in him being able to sell the company than it does anything else. 
so Stephanie sent out an email that she said today WWE announced the return of our founder Vince McMahon to our board of directors which made it seem like she was on board we heard Triple H he said the management team will remain in place and uh, Triple H is going to remain as a chief creative officer all good things uh, let's see what else happens so yeah they get a massive gain 16.98% from, from the close the previous day so now there was a transcript because after this they had an all hands on deck meeting that Stephanie was at I have not read this yet I do not know what happens here we're just putting this together with you guys trying to figure out what the fuck happened ourselves but I imagine that these breadcrumbs are going to lead us to some sort of a conclusion by the end of the night so this is a transcript from the recording of the all employing meeting that happened so first Stephanie's talking she says Vince McMahon is coming back to the board of directors he has made it clear upon his return that what he's most really most excited about is the media rights opportunity in front of us that we've been all discussing and trying and trying that to a strategic alternative process and we want to make sure we got with everyone as soon as possible so you were aware of this message and also so we can explain a little bit more about it and hopefully we can answer questions moving forward this format doesn't allow for it but but Frank, I kick it to you. I'm not going to attempt to explain strategic alternatives. I do a very basic level. Frank has the details, so go ahead, Frank. So then Frank Riddick, who's the WWE President Chief Financial Officer, speaks. And he says, Sure, so at a very high level, what Vince has proposed and the process that would be a would be followed would be to engage with a banker and prepare some background information on the company and present that to various potential partners for the company to evaluate whether there are any strategic transactions that would enhance the value of the company to all constituents including shareholders and the idea is as steph said the timing of this is largely driven around the upcoming media rights renewal and to do something that could enhance in addition those renewal discussions. So that would include when we say quote unquote strategic initiatives, strategic alternatives for the company it could include a broad range of potential transactions, everything from a combination with another company, uh, an acquisition of the company by someone or a take private transaction, taking the company private and or just simply some sort of cooperation of uh, joint venture agreement so it's pretty broad and I just would add a couple of things to that one is of course there's no assurance that any transaction will actually happen or any transaction will be forthcoming that makes economic and strategic sense for the company and of course Vince is the controlling shareholder and controls the vote of the stock of the company is the ultimate decider as to whether there's a transaction that can happen so just to close out all this from nick and steph and my perspective is very positive for the company it's a great time to look at alternatives and make sure that the company is well positioned for the future i think as everybody is aware there's a lot of changes that have happened in the media landscape in the last couple of years even in the last six months and it's probably from a value of content perspective never a better time in history for a company to look at something like this so hopefully that gives you a better perception of what that means and Stephanie goes into it and says, thanks, Frank. And then, and Nick, how does that work as it's tied to media rights? And why is it a great strategic opportunity for us? 
and an excess tax theft. So, so these things work hand in hand with one another. For example, since our U.S. media rights are up in October of 24, for any conglomerate, so think Disney, Comcast, Netflix, etc. Any con- conglomerate that might be interested in WWE will be interested in purchasing the company outright. They very well may be interested in doing a media rights deal, but obviously we couldn't do a media rights deal, let's say, with Comcast and then go sell to Disney. Those sort of companies would want to make sure some sort of acquisition prior to those media rights being up. So the timing is, is on spot for that. In terms of the day-to-day of the company, nothing is changing. Steph in her role. I'm in my role. Frank's in his role. Paul in his role. Kevin Dunn is in his role. And we would ask everyone to stay focused on the business at hand. We're going to engage in this process. We're going to look at it with open eyes and open hearts. We're going to ultimately see what's out there. And Vince will make his decision, as Frank said, as the controlling shareholder. As to what he wants to do with the company, for now, let's focus on business at hand, if we could. And Stephanie takes over and says, great, thanks, Nick. This feels so formal since none of us are in the same room. And I just want to add also, rejoining the board is Michelle Wilson and George Barrios, who, for those of you who were here, remember them as co-presidents. They have so many years of experience here in WWE, and they've now been off on their own, creating their own business and have a lot to offer from a media standpoint, certainly from an M&A standpoint. So they will be, and they're very familiar with the company, so they'll be joining the board, not management, as Nick was spelling out. So again, the management structure stays the same, but Vince has joined the board, and obviously as a controlling shareholder, and again, I just wanted to wrap up with reinforcing a there may have been a lag in this video so just to let you know it has been recorded and will be shared if you missed anything b when frank talks about how well positioned wwe is and our performance the reason why we're doing so well is again because of all of you because of our employees who bring everything that they have to the table every day and we're just we're grateful we're appreciative and we just want you to know that our employees are incredibly important to us And we recognize all of your contributions and you will be well informed throughout this process. We don't want there to be, obviously, there's not going to be some animosity or not animosity, angst, natural emotions that you might feel. And we want to make sure that we're on top of this and we're communicating with you and everyone has all the information that they need. So, again, thank you all. This is an exciting time. It shouldn't be a scary time. It's an exciting time for WWE. Our founder is back on board and is going to help lead this process. And thank and thank you to all of you. It's an exciting way to kick off 2023. That was Stephanie. Jesus. These people are long-winded as fuck, you corporation, don't they? It made sense, though. They had to clarify a lot of things. They were clarifying that the management was going to stay the same. Stephanie was clarifying exactly the same thing, reiterating that Vince was coming on board. They were talking about the, you know, just to break it down a little bit, they're talking about the fact that the rights to TV being on channels like USA Network, owned by parent company NBC, being on Fox, SmackDown being on Fox, uh, all of those rights deals are going to be expiring soon. They're explaining that Vince wants to collaborate with them to time the expiration of those deals of being on specific channels with the potential sale of the company. So they don't want to create a conflict of interest by, for example, hypothetically speaking, let's say they renew themselves for four more years of Raw being on the USA Network. But Disney wants to buy all of WWE. Now there's a conflict of interest because Disney is the parent company of Fox. 
NBC is the parent company of USA. So they would have right. to time it where when the USA deal with Raw expires, they sell all of it to Disney, who owns Fox, and then have Raw migrate over. You understand what I'm saying? That's not the deal. Yeah. But I'm just saying to give you an example of what it is that they're positioning. They want to sync the television company that the shows are on with whoever might buy it. And if it turns out to be Disney, that would be Fox, not NBC slash USA. You see what I mean? So this is the reason why they want to they want to line everything up in a way where they could sell the whole thing as a bundle. And another reason why they're doing that is because in today's world, what they were sort of reiterating is that a lot of these companies may not be interested in just the TV part. They might want the whole damn thing. And it might be more lucrative for them to sell to someone like Disney with the TV deal and everything else than anyone anyone else. But what wound up happening as a result of this is some new spread January 6th from office front office sports was saying that Saudi Arabia was interested in buying WWE. And uh, it, w- it was called Saudi Arabia's Public Investment Fund. They're emerging as a possible bidder. And uh, keep in mind, Saudi Arabia generated $400 million in ticket and merchandise sales which basically is more than all 38 WrestleManias combined. And that's just for the Saudi deal that they currently have. After this, we started hearing that uh, WWE hired JP Morgan to help uh, look into the potential sale of the company. And we were told that if a sale did occur within the next three to six months... Uh, from a unan- from a from a unanimous source, uh, but they want to talk to all of the potential buyers before they make any kind of an agreement. But we did hear that there were three categories of likely buyers for WWE: legacy media companies, streamers, and entertainment holding companies. NBC, you know, Netflix, Amazon, the Endeavor Group who happens to own UFC, Warner Brothers, Discovery, who owns TNT and TBS, which will put them right in the same camp as AEW, Disney, of course, with Fox. So they were looking into all of these different buyers. They also added, let me make sure I'm getting this right from the article, they added in a press release, that they retained the Rain Group, R-A-I-N-E, LLC, as financial advisor, Kirkland and Ellis as legal advisor, and August as strategic communications advisor to support the management team and the board of directors in connection with a review of the strategic alternatives to maximize the value for all of the WWE stockholders and other stakeholders, which essentially means exactly the same thing, that they hired three other, other companies to help with the financial the strategy communications and the uh, and and the finance uh, to make sure that they get the best out of this deal. I don't want to read this whole thing because this is a gigantic. I mean, these are these are big too. But it basically says that uh, the founder and executive chairman said that with the media rights cycle will take place amid a rapidly evolving media and entertainment landscape, and they believe. Ex- Exploring strategic alternatives at a critical juncture will enable WWE to fully capitalize on the significant value of the intellectual property 
and that, uh, you know, he's confident that with the director and the outside advisors that they brought in, that he's going to be able to guide the company through the important process while the management team and employee base will deliver results and content for the fans. And that there's no assurances that there's going to be any sale or anything. It's the same thing being basically being re-reiterated. They're covering their bases here. Yeah, making sure nothing goes out of whack or goes wonky. Mm-hmm. And then they publicly released the new board of directors changes so that everybody could see what was switched. Which was basically removing Joellen Lyons, Dylan, Jeffrey R. Speed, and Alan M. Wexler from their positions and putting, and Matt Jitsing and Ignan Slahoud resigning and then putting like the new guys in that Vince had there. So much. Oh, yeah. It all has happened in like the last week. But what's interesting is Conrad, Conrad Thompson, went down a little bit of a rabbit hole during his podcast with Tony Schiavone. I want you to hear what Conrad says, and I thought that this was a little bit of an interesting revelation here. I'm going to link you guys to the whole thing, but just listen to this part. You know, I've been saying on this program for a while that WWE was going to sell. Yeah. Do you know why I said that? Why? Because I knew. I guess. You know how I knew? You and Bruce Pritchard are friends, or you even bought the WWE yourself. Remember when Nick Khan first joined WWE? No. I don't remember that. Well, he joined, and he was, of course, uh, an agent. Okay. You know, you've heard of like UTA and CAA and WME yeah. and all right. these big Hollywood agencies. Right. He was a he was a guy who's helping negotiate contracts and make deals and things like that. And I happen to have some friends in the who need representation like that. We'll say that. Okay. And my friend was represented by the same company that Nick Khan was sort of running. Okay. And when my friend sees that the guy who runs this big agency is now going to WWE. He thought, what the fuck? This doesn't make any sense. Right. So he called his contact and said, dude, what's up with Nick going blah, blah, blah. And he said, this is years ago now. Uh-huh. But yeah. He's, uh, he's got a deal with Vince where in his contract, he gets a big payday when he helps facilitate a sale. Okay. And he told me the number and I won't say the number cause that's talking about somebody's money and that's not cool, but let's just say this. It's more than AEW's TV contract is for a year. Okay. <laughs> it's a lot. Sure. It's a lot, a lot. All right. So when you hear, it's a lot, a lot. Yeah. And you think, well, why don't this guy go here? Aha. Uh-huh. And now, ta-da. So I've been, and listen, I heard back channeling of poor Mean Gene passed away. He said, well, I heard from, I won't say who he heard from. When the stock gets to so-and-so, this has been brewing for a while. And I know that a lot of wrestling fans are thinking, well, this is just a brand new development. It's years old. Mm-hmm. And I've been nervous all along, Tony. What if it all changes? Like we've only ever known WWE through the Vince McMahon lens. And I know we're starting to see or we've seen the last few months, what technically it looks like when somebody else is running it. Yep. 
but it was always kind of the same. Right. Like, will this go, like, if this sells to some television company, will we stop the big arena shows? Will we stop the big push for live stuff? Will it become more of a, a streaming thing? Will it feel more like Lucha Underground? where it's just taped on a soundstage and then put together like a drama or yeah. will there be seasons? Like there's no off season in, in rap. Okay. Now we're jumping the gun, <laughs> but the point that I made in showing that was, he talked about how Nick Khan was brought in with a deal that when he sells WWE, he's going to get a boatload of money for helping to sell it. According to Conrad, this was something that was in the planning for a while now. Now, according to PW Insider, uh, that lawsuit that we were talking about that they told Vince in the letter, we're not going to let them sue you if you do this and this, is apparently going forward because he is back on the board. That's right. They basically said, uh, let's see here. They said, you may have seen the news this past week about Vince McMahon forcing his way back onto the board, along with a major board shakeup. As a result, we believe there is enough of a basis to bring a breach of of, of a fiduciary lawsuit. We hope to file a complaint against McMahon and possibly other directors slash officers for breaching their duties to WWE and its shareholders. We should have a draft for you to review in the next couple of days. It will also require a signature on a one-page verification, which will also, which we will also send. In the meantime, you have the phone number we could use in case we need to contact you that way. Please let me know if you have any questions about anything. So these are basically, these are the shareholders getting ready to sue Vince for forcing his way back onto the board. Oh, according, God, it's going to get ugly quick. Yeah, this is according to Bloomberg Law. They're confirming it, saying that Vince McMahon is facing investor litigation uh, because he pushed, pushed aside the board illegally to install himself as chairman. And uh, he basically the shareholder that accused Vince McMahon, he's accusing him of using his 81% voting to remove three board members and then replace them with loyalists that would then push through laws. Uh, that would impose his will on the board in WWE. I mean, that's literally what I said he did. That's exactly what he yeah. did. So, you know, he I basically mean, flexed his muscle. Boy. Yeah. According He's to like, the, hey, I have this much percentage of it. I'm going to bring in my people and we're doing this my way. According to the proposed class action, McMahon timed his return to seize control of upcoming negotiations over WWE's expiring media rights, the quote-unquote lifeblood of the business. He was accused of facing his way back by leveraging a threat of withholding support for any deal reached without participation. And they said the lawsuit further states that the move to take complete personal control over any major corporate decision by adding his cronies to the board violates Delaware law. Which, yeah, he used his shares to put who he wanted on the board, and then the people he wanted voted him back in. Yeah, instead of making it like people being able to make up their own mind, it's like people who you know are going to side with you. You specifically put them there. Fact up, Vince. <laughs> Oh, 
Good lord. Yeah, don't mind me. I'm just still looking through stuff because there's so much, right? Like, <laughs> like I don't even like I don't even think we're anywhere near the craziness of like the last what couple of days, I think, if I'm right. Well, it depends on how you look at it. So, yeah. You know, there's been quite a lot of fucking craziness already. But right after Steph uh reinforced how exciting of a year was gonna be she wasn't kidding that's not the way you think because she released this letter let me get this here up on the screen for you guys we're all gonna read this oh, yeah. one together because the devil like, here's one of the fun stars <laughs> we start we may as well read all the fun letters together right right fuck it Dear WWE Universe, about eight months ago, I took a leave of absence and within a few weeks unexpectedly had the opportunity of a lifetime. I had the privilege to return as the co-CEO and chairwoman of the board of WWE. I cannot put into words how proud I am to have led what I consider to be the greatest company in the world. Working alongside a a remarkable leadership team and one of the strongest executives I have known in my co-CEO, Nikon. Our founder, Vince McMahon, has returned as executive chair and is leading an exciting process regarding strategic alternatives. And with Nick's leadership and Paul Triple H Levesque as chief content officer, I'm confident WWE is in the perfect place to continue to provide unparalleled creative content and drive maximum value for shareholders. WWE is, is such is in such a strong position that I've decided to return to my leave and take it one step further with my official resignation. I look forward to cheering on WWE from the other side of the business, where I started when I was a little kid as a pure fan. I will always remain dedicated to WWE. I truly hope our company, our employees, our superstars, and our fans. Uh, and I'm grateful to all of our partners. Thank you for everything. Then, now, forever together, Steph. Yep, Steph gone. That was very abrupt, considering that a little while before that, she was very confident and... Uh, everything that was going on or at least was showing a united front that's not the best way to show united front at all keep in mind the two <laughs> the two other board members left because they didn't agree with vince returning i'm not saying that that was her reason for leaving but i'm just saying that this is rather abrupt her profile also switched on twitter it just says avid wwe fan fighting for kids with cancer connor's cure the v foundation public speaker and fitness enthusiast married to triple h and mom of three daughters This makes Nick Khan the new CEO, no longer sharing the title with Stephanie McMahon because they were co-CEOs. So Nick has the full control that he will probably want if he is getting paid extra to help uh, solidify a sale of the company. He's in the exact spot he'd want to be. And then they basically filed all of the paperwork. with the SEC a bunch of stuff here just basically talking about how on January 5th Vince McMahon I'll try to break it down my own words before reading it in this on January 5th Vince McMahon who was the controlling stock holder of the company uh, delivered a written consent taking actions by consent uh, without a meeting uh, to remove the three people that we talked about from the board and replaced them with himself and his own two people it's just literally listing everything that happened and 
and uh, what it is oh. that they're going to be doing and, and, and what roles they're going to be showing. And uh, it talked about how Stephanie, until the 10th, was the chairwoman and co-CEO. And uh, the compensation package of, of Miss McMahon. And Mr. Levesque is detailed in the company's definitive proxy statement filed on April 8th, 2022, and the company's current report on the Form 8K filed on September 2nd. Shane McMahon was retained as an independent contractor by the company and received $828,000. So he wasn't fired back then when he showed up for his thing. He was paid as an independent talent. And it talks about Barrios and Wilson being entitled for the normal board fees of non-management directors, blah, blah, blah. A bunch of boring paperwork I'm not going to put you guys through. But, uh, wow, this is long. Good Lord. Yeah, you, you were telling me if I read all this shit. <laughs> and it just talks about, it acknowledges Stephanie's resignation and stuff like that. So what happened after this was what usually happens. The rumors started to fly. Oh, fly did they did. Because January 10th, it was reported by Sean Sapp that uh, Saudi was interested and they were a top runner to buy WWE. Then after that, Cassidy Haynes of Bodyslam.net said that sources told him that the WWE sold the company to Sasori Investment Fund and uh, Vince was already looking to sell the company and the now was pretty much sold but then after that the reports changed and people said that the deal wasn't completely finalized because WWE has to provide notice to shareholders and other parties and that there's legalities to go through um, since the company's publicly traded, which is true, but that is pretty much a done deal in principle, was the next thing that we were told after that. Then people started talking about how, you know, what the connection is here, what's the correlation? Did Stephanie leave because of, of she didn't agree with Vince joining the board? Did she not leave because of the fact that they're going to sell to Saudi Arabia and she doesn't like that? No one knew for sure. But, uh, People were worried about the fact that talent was going to ask for their release. They were saying that at least one talent did say that they would be done with the company if they made a deal with Saudi Arabia. And as you guys know, Sami Zayn would be in a big spot. That's a big conflict of interest there. Uh, Kevin Owens didn't go to the last Saudi Arabia thing because of his friendship with Sami Zayn and out of respect for him. So those are two people who have a conflict of interest. You know, let's not forget Sami Zayn is a Syrian Muslim. Malachi Black also, which thankfully I guess he's in AEW. MVP is the case. Um, his beliefs want to be an issue with him going Saudi uh, last time. What's well, part of the reason he didn't go? And people were saying that Vince McMahon started working on this WWE Saudi deal. Um, ever since he left it's like not like he just started doing this he's coming back to close the deal but then apparently behind the scenes he's been working on selling to Saudi this entire time 
But we don't know that for sure. I would say take that with a grain of salt. But what we have heard is assuming that it did happen, Fightful Fightful did say, Sean Rossap said that uh, it's possible that Saudi grossly overpaid for WWE because of the fact that they were aware of the of facing other competitors they were interested in buying, which included Comcast, Apple, Netflix, Disney, Amazon, and Fox. And they just wanted to beat everybody. And that's not it's not hard to believe something like that considering they grossly overpay for the shows that are there. Exactly. So everybody started freaking out and talking about boycotting the company and all of this other shit. But uh Ariel Helwani, which I listened to his whole hour and a half podcast. He said on there that contrary to reports stating otherwise, there's no deal in place at this precise moment for WWE to be sold to Saudi Arabia's public investment fund or any entity. They're still exploring options and it's still developing. And that the the original tweet stating that it was a done deal has since been deleted. After that, it was bullshit. After that, TMZ Sports went on to say the WWE has not been sold to Saudi Arabia's public investment fund. So you got TMZ and Ariel Helwani who are both saying it's bullshit. At least for the time being. And it's good for them. Because when they got the rumor of uh, of WWE being sold to Saudi Arabia, that precious WWE stock we talked about, it died. Oh, you see? Oh Look at that stock. That is the opposite of the stock that we were looking at before. Okay? The stock fell $2.02. Okay? It started to have a drop, which there would be some sort of backlash if they did sell to Saudi. Yeah, there would. Instant backlash. What we did here was that Tony Khan is someone who's interested. The Khan family's interested. The UFC parent company. There's quite a few people that are interested. On the Wrestling Observer, Meltzer showed up there. And he talked a little bit about what's going on. And he clarified after they caused all that freaking chaos. WWE's still not uh, anything you want to talk about? I mean, I actually had a long conversation with them tonight. What'd they say? Uh, they're not sold. What else <laughs> did they say? Uh, okay, tell us here. They are uh, up for, um, you know, I mean, the media companies are out. I mean, Saudi Arabia is, is in is in the hunt. They're one of the they're one of the companies. They're one of the places that one of the um, I guess companies that's that's looking for it. Um, several media companies. You know the names that are out there are all in the hunt. Nick Khan was in uh, Los Angeles when I was in Los Angeles. One hotel over from me, didn't know it. Went to the football game Monday night, so he wasn't at Raw, and uh, met with some heavy hitters because the heavy hitters went to the college football championship game. Um, Bob Iger, Jimmy Pitaro. So I guess those names will ring some bells and uh, they're looking you know they're looking to sell by the middle of the year uh jp morgan's helping them um so, you know like i said saudi would be the one where they would actually i think is the only one of the key people um as far as if they want to go private you know that that would be the one the other ones you know are, are all public companies um endeavor obviously is, is also in the hunt um and uh you know they're there will be, uh, you know, they'll 
be a decision made at some point. And um, there's, you know, there's definitely smoke to the story, the, the, the Saudi Arabia story, but it's it's not – it's early. It's too early for the deal to be finalized. But, um, you know, it's like could happen. that one can happen too. WWE is still not sold at this moment. No. That's the long and short of it. So they're not sold. And like I said before, uh, they're looking to sell in the middle of the by the middle of the year, which is why they brought in JP Morgan and all of those other companies that we were talking about. And yes, I just love how like when when it go ahead. I was gonna say AEW is in the pool of potential buyers. Yeah, so all the marks could be living their nightmares. But like I love when uh when the Saudi news came out, well the Saudi rumor that wanted to be false. I just love how next thing you know my news feed timeline everything just lights up. This is bullshit. It's crazy. And I like, and I'm like everybody like insta believed it, and it kind of just weird because it's like, dude, can y'all like get out of like the Vince McMahon hate for like two seconds? Because like um I think I think I told you about it before we came on. I saw. A picture of a tweet that made me laugh and it was literally like I'm not believing shit till Sean Ross has it. But he was saying it. Look at how many times we quoted him tonight. You know, but we did hear sources say that uh sources told Axios that Stephanie and Triple H uh opposed the sale entirely. They are not for the sale. Maybe they thought they were gonna inherit the company like everybody in the whole fucking world thought. For decades, but at this point, like, yeah, that's basically what the, that's always been like the general discussion. Like, okay, which one of Vince's kids is getting it after her P clocks out? But now it's like you sell them, nobody's getting it at that point. So, Ringside News reached out to sources in WWE in regards to the Saudi thing, and uh, they received some quotes. Basically, what happened was everybody in WWE in the office heard about the Saudi reports and they were all laughing about it. Uh, because there was never any confirmation or anything and it was a they found it really comical because so many people who fancy themselves as journalists were positioning it as their scoop their exclusive and there was nothing substantial there and uh tmz wound up debunking it so everybody in wwe actually the corporate suits found it funny how people jumped the gun with this thing so there's no that's not to say they couldn't be sold to saudi but there's no there's no evidence whatsoever of this happening there's been no deal that has been made there is no point in us sitting here and speculating about what it would mean if they get sold it would mean this it would mean that we don't know what the fuck it would mean you know we're so far from that we do know that saudi probably didn't buy wwe to stop it from being wwe if they were to exactly. bought it. But there's a lot of potential buyers and investors in there. And there's a lot more that goes into this. And generally something like that will be broken by the Wall Street Journal. And like bigger places than like the dirt sheets. We're talking about like a billion dollar company being sold on the stock floor. Being pulled down, sold or taken private. And you think that you're going to hear about it like on like a podcast first, you know. Like you can't even fathom the amount of places you would hear that I like to report things when there are things to report 
the stuff that we talked about in the first half was the important stuff, which took the most time. The changes in the corporation, what went back and forth between who, what the exact process was for us to get where we are. The part that everybody is taking, uh, is, is, is giving the most attention are the rumors, which is sad. Nobody could explain to you what we just discussed, what exactly happened. They know that Vince McMahon yeah. came back. They know he forced his way in and they know that people aren't happy. They know it like that, though. They don't know what we know. They don't they haven't looked at it to see what the process was to get where we are and what it ultimately means. They focused on just the rumor, which is what the dirt sheets always do, which is kind of sad. So a lot of putting the show together and the preparation that goes into it is filtering out the nonsense and just dealing with the important stuff. Easier said than done. Well, no, nothing's being sold He's walking through it before. It's fucking hell. (laughs) Yeah, nothing's being sold yet. Everything's okay. Reading is fundamental. Want to talk about Dynamite? (laughs) That was the best transition ever. Let's talk about Dynamite. You know, kids. (sighs) Anyway. You damn kids and your Apex Legend. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, let the process become the process. UFC got sold. None of you even notice. That being said. AEW Dynamite episode 171 came to us from Los Angeles, California's Kia Forum again. It opens with the singles match of John Moxley versus Hangman Page. They're already straight into violence. Why not? I mean, hey, it's kind of one of the things that I think we've talked about on air before. Like, if they hate each other, I don't need entrances and poses. Just go straight into the shits. Yeah, a little too much of that, though. I guess everybody in AW hates each other. I mean, hey, we've seen how it is backstage. No, I'm kidding. The match overall was good, you know. No complaints there. Still kind of weird that they open like a like a dynamite with something this big to start, you know. Like, I get wanting to start hot sometime, but I don't know. I don't know what it is about the structure that bothers me with this show, you know. It's not the rest. Yeah, I could definitely see that. I mean, but then again, I guess concerning what the main event is, it does kind of make sense. Yeah. I suppose. And you save this for another main event, usually. Yeah, double up. Double main event. But yeah, they did like a really good job with this. Oh, yeah, this was good. It's good to see Paige uh, healthy again and back at it like he hadn't left. So. Nice pile driver, close two count. Rite of passage, or dead eye, as they love to call it. Because he is no longer a boy. Yep, and that's Moxley's first pinfall loss in 17 months. And they gave it to Hangman. That's a big deal. (laughs) Adam Cole's back with a Road Warrior pop. Good God. Back to back, very serious head injuries. 
The worst part was the sleep, tear in my eye, and said, I don't know what's happening to me. Every single day, I'd read things like, I miss Adam Cole. I just want him to be okay. And that meant the world to me. I had given you nothing. But now for the bad news. The bad news, it's not for me. The bad news is for the AEW locker room. I'm not going anywhere. No way. I ain't done yet. Adam Cole hasn't even scratched the surface on what he's capable of. This is a day where the new Adam Cole is born. And Los Angeles, his name? Back here in the ring. Is he a heel? Oh no, that's a white me baby face at this point. Yeah, I don't know. Hard to tell with him. Oh wait, I almost forgot. We're talking about Roseanne Barr, your boy Donald Trump. Oh, hey, wait, what about my boy Johnny Depp? Yeah, that's right. Guys, guys, stop. Walk of Fame board of directors have unanimously voted claim and daddy ass to receive stars on the uh. because everyone loves the acclaim. The board of directors, huh? They're always up to date. <laughs> anyway. Tag team match defirms Big Bill and Lee Moriarty with Stokely Hathaway against Jungle Hook. Hook and Jack Perry. They don't even call him Jungle Boy anymore. He's just called Jack Perry now. But the team, they made the team Jungle Hook. Nobody keep, wants to hear Jack Hook. Gotta keep some sort of a jungle connection with it. Yeah. It'd be a pretty good team, though. Yeah, I don't like Big Bill. Nobody does. You said like, you said you said that like there's anybody there like what's wrong with Big Bill? No. I mean, I guess he's a good heel with his weird look. You know. That's something he can play about. Yeah, that name. Thing is you that. <laughs> yeah, Wait, yeah. Was, yeah. I'll tell it. I'll tell it. Yeah, I was saying. Wall for I, a second, because the thing you said earlier fucking killed I, I, me. Yeah, I said so that, uh, bad that we all have it now. No, I said that uh, he'd be better off if he joined New Japan Pro Wrestling and joined Jay White because then we could call him Bullet Bill. <laughs> and the worst part is it would get over. That's fucking nuts. Yo. Yeah. He had to jump with that one a little bit, though. Yo, Hook is a little beast. I was like, oh, my God. Yeah. Jack gets him with the snare trap. They're BFFs. Fresh off of a Golden Globes win, Paul Walter Hauser, how yeah. are you? So good to see you. Big fan of Renee. I, Stingray! I, I, and I brought the hardware. What the hell is he doing here? No mercy, that's what he's doing here. <laughs> Who is this guy, really? I don't know. Maybe we're related. Everything cool with Trent and Chuck? The best friends are still the best friends? Yeah, we're fine. Cool. All good, still friends. All right, well, uh, we'll see you on Rampage. Is it a cool fight? Yeah, yeah. yeah. One, two, three. You know what bothers me the most about that last shot? What's that? Chuck Taylor looks like he's trying to cosplay freaking um, John Lennon. And it's not quite working out. Oh. Say what I'm saying? 
Wow, we speak American, okay, but I said, kiss my eyes. <laughs> yeah. You know what that reminded me of? It's the thing that you always, uh, you always used to tell me about with Yoshitatsu. Wash your when hair. You, well, yeah. <laughs> Oh, what's going on, George? Because unlike that nerd Danielson, I'm all about pinning shoulders on mats and banging rats. Yeah. Much like Brian, you're all irrelevant. Ladies and gentlemen, Ken Jong's here. From his role of Mr. Chow from The Hangover, yeah? Freddie Prince Jr.'s in the house tonight. Nice. He peaced out after that. No, I don't want to fight Brian Daniels. He said, nope, done. <laughs> so, yeah, at least to the match Brian Danielson versus Kenosuke Takeshida. What were your thoughts? Oh, this was so good. Yeah. Kid's good, right? Oh, dude, it's amazing. And now he's and they're throwing there, him in right? like the deep water too, and he's doing oh, incredible. Mm -hmm. Big guy too. Yeah, like I didn't realize until this match. Like, yeah, he's bigger than like you originally would think him to be. Oh yeah, for sure. Like, you got some size on him, but now he is incredibly talented, and he's hung in there with everybody they've put him in there. It doesn't matter who it's been. It's a very good match. Yeah, they 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 hit the jackpot getting him. Nice brain buster there, and he really gets some height, huh? Yo, the height on that swan. <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen anybody do a springboard swan taunt too. Was... They're definitely getting his experience points up fighting Brian Danielson. Busaiko knee goodbye. Oh, totally. Why are they burying that nope. move? It's because they like him do that other shit afterwards. I think it's also too because like with with Danielson, we already talked about it with AEW. Dude has like eighty different finishers, so it's like if one doesn't work, fuck it, on to the next one. What is it that you're looking to accomplish here? Well, Renee, you've known me for a long, long time. I'm here for a few reasons. I'm here to kick ass and take names and win championships. So that brings me to you, Darby Allen. Giving out open challenges, well here I am right here, rock hard, Juice Robinson, Friday at Rampage, TNT Championship, on the line, let's see if you're as tough as you think you are. Darby Allen barely. Juice, huh? That'll be interesting. Anyway, tag team match, Soraya and Tony Storm being accompanied by Hikaru Shida, eventually, against Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, and Jamie Hayter being accompanied by Rebel. See, what you really meant was Soraya and not Mercedes Monet. Because uh, the marks so were so heartbroken. Oh, they really wanted Mercedes. You see how mad they get whenever Mercedes doesn't come on? Like, get over yourselves. Wait, don't act like y'all really gave a shit. Like, see, and this is the problem with a lot of wrestling marks. They hype up something 
that the the other company didn't necessarily even have in their plans, and then getting mad when they don't do it. Pretty much. Like, yeah, nobody really, especially after Wrestle Kingdom, didn't really need to have her here. Paige looked. Paige definitely looked like she got a little, little bit more of the ring rust off in this one. Yeah, for sure. She's looking like her old self, which is very good. Never thought I'd see her yeah. again. Yeah, the, the the butterflies and the anxiety is a little bit is a little bit more gone now. So she's definitely rolling right back into the groove. Yeah. And I mean, it helps that she's in there with three incredible girls too. So. Any rustiness yeah. that would still be there, they can obviously help with that. I want to see more of Jamie's title run. What's going on with that, right? It's like she's hardly ever right. Around. This this has been kind of underwhelming. It's making me sad. <laughs> she didn't mean to do that. She gave the candlestick to the wrong person, right? Yeah. I love how all the marks, even up until the very end, were like, oh, maybe uh, somebody's shield's going to jump Tony, then the Mercedes Monet's going to come like, no, shut the fuck up. She's not the partner. Look at the Jericho pose. <laughs> it's so obnoxious, aren't they? Street back on No. I think it's just beginning. <laughs> we just get started, Christopher. Well, well, well. Your boy Stroke Daddy is standing tall right now. Go back to the minor leagues, Andretti. Shut the hell up. You shut your mouth right now, okay? Don't oh, say that again. I didn't know your new babysitter, Sammy, gave you permission to speak. Were they? <laughs> ah, Gilligan hat. Burn. That's Hager Fry, except. You heard what he said there? Boo! I feel like that was a, I feel like that was a small ode to Owen Hart. Remember that time he said? Remember that time he said he kicked Brett's knee right out of his knee? Yeah. <laughs> Kansas. Yeah, we spend money over here. Yeah, because it's time for the car event. crash of a main event. Mm-hmm. 
AEW World Trials title best of seven series Escalera de la Muerte match number seven. Death Triangles, Pac, Pentel, Cero Miedo, and Ray Phoenix being accompanied by Alex Abrahantes defending against the elites Kenny Omega, Matt, and Nick Jackson being accompanied by Brandon Cutler and Nakazawa. For you non-Spanish speakers out there, ladder death match. There you go. Because somebody ain't leaving this bitch alive. <laughs> and holy shit. There's <laughs> definitely rougher stuff going on here, not gonna lie. <laughs> This was all the chaos and the mayhem I expected it to be, and that's half the reason I like that they ended it with this. Yeah, and they did have the Hamar come into play, but it wasn't the last thing. No. You know? And what's kind of cool is the last time we had this particular match, the only difference between the last one is that Pac and Omega weren't in it. 450 straight through that table. That was beautiful. Abrahantes screwing us over. Look at that. the hammer. Hammered his fingers going up the rungs of the ladder. That is crazy. That fucking arrow. That pile driver on the freaking ladder. Oh my god. Everybody. One wing ah. angle off of the, the, the counter. And that is it. He got it. Oh my god. And that is the best of seven. Excellent best of seven series. Mm-hmm. Awesome stuff. Absolutely loved it. What do you mean WTF is this? It's called best of seven. Right. <laughs> what was there not to seven times, and each one's better than the last. What was there not to understand? <laughs> oh man! But yeah, this was so much fun to watch. I'm glad that they that we got to see them wrestle each other, not only in seven matches, but each match felt different than the last one. And I mean, nothing, nothing. Lucha Brothers had a decent run as trio champion. I mean, um, Death Triangle had a decent run as trio champions. Like, it's not like they just had, like, a one-off. They defended the title one time and then just sat on their ass until they were back. They, no, they were active champions the whole time the Elite were gone. Mm-hmm. So, like, they made the most of it. And, I mean, at the end of the day, the Elite never really got a run with those trios titles because Phil had to come fuck shit up. But it's good to see um, that they're going to get to have, like, a real run with those belts. But this was so cool. I have no issue watching these two trios go at it again because they kill it every time. Yeah, I don't have any issue with it at all. Like, I love when I see fans that were, like, bitching. That it's like, oh, we get to watch this six more times. Motherfucker, you should be glad you get to watch this six more times. Yeah, what's wrong with You should want to see it more than six more times. Like, what the fuck is wrong with you? It's like we've said for the last two, three weeks, these guys are the reason that this company's even here. This is what started AEW, was watching matches with yeah. these kind of things going on. Yeah, so you're welcome. <laughs> yeah, the matching's never been the problem with AEW. For me, it's always been just the overall booking. You know? Yeah, yeah, agreed. Like, they've always had some sort of a booking issue going on. But uh, yeah, no, the show overall was good. I just I don't know what they could do to make the matches and the storylines, the angles overall carry more weight. They just feel a little bit 
like lighter than the stuff in the WWE. They need to add more meaning and impact to what it is that they're booking here, you know? That was the problem with Nitro, too. A lot of things came and went by the waistline, you know? Yeah, they gotta take time, let some things marinate, don't let some things sit as long, just kind of... I, I, it's kind of weird. I almost say, like, take notes from the other places. Like, see how they do, see what they're doing that works, incorporate it into your own stuff, and your stuff might improve. Exactly. That's exactly There's nothing wrong with taking notes from whether it be competition, peers. There's nothing wrong with that. Like, that's the problem with, like, the way some of these wrestling fans seem like a cult almost. They, they make it seem like, oh, if you're WWE, you can't do things like AEW. If you're AEW, you can't do things like WWE. That's not the case. There's a reason WWE's been here so long because a lot of the stuff they do does work. If you're struggling on one aspect, look at how they handle that aspect. Maybe taking some notes from them might help your stuff improve. Exactly. And, yeah, overall... Dynamite did 967,000 viewers, 0.33 in the 18 to 49 demographic. This is up from last week's 864,000 with the 0.26. They almost hit that 1 million. That's the closest that they've come this year so far. So, uh, you know, here's to seeing what happens with them next week. As you can tell, we are wrapping up here, guys. Don't forget, we have other stuff that happens on this channel. There'll be casual game streams and other things and events going on throughout the rest of the week. And, of course, we will be here next week to talk about everything that's been going on, give you an update on the WWE sale. I believe it might be our go-home show for the Royal Rumble. Am I right, or do we got a couple more weeks? I'm not sure. It's uh, But if it is, whatever pay-per-views are coming out, we'll cover them. We'll do the predictions all of that other stuff we're gonna hang out backstage in the lounge for anybody who knows how to reach us there you know what it is that's going on uh and that's pretty much it guys thank you for hanging out we will see you next time ladies and gentlemen you've been listening to talk brunch live episode 557 hosted by yours truly rick Darry, aka captain brunch for myself and my co-host destin soglo frazier we're out of here happy wrestling everybody see you later shut it down